Oh, Comic-Con... Comic-Con's happening today? Oh, that's right. It's in Florida. Oh. I miss Comic-Con, by the way. You miss being in Florida. Huh? What's that? He misses being in Florida. I don't yeah, miss I being miss in Florida. Florida. I'm upset that I miss Comic-Con, though. And I said you miss the GCX. And you live in the same state. You probably live... It's probably across the road from you, and you don't know it's happening. I, I don't. No. See? Datto could be standing outside your door, vaping, for all you know. Pretty when, sure if Datto was standing the... outside my door, his armed entourage would give me a clue. He hasn't got an armed entourage. Or one of his Lamborghinis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, later T-Rex. Let me know how Comic-Con goes. Send us pictures, dude. Oh, so it's like that, is it, T-Rex? Not even sticking around for the show. He came by to at least say hi and make fun of you. That's enough. What did he say to make fun of me? Well, I guess you'll have to go back and watch the live stream. <laughs> mm-hmm. Got him! Welcome to Two Titans and a Hunter, a Destiny 2 podcast. Dedicated in bringing you all the latest information, news, and opinions. This is the best show for new and veteran guardians alike where we share tips, tricks, and tools to help you succeed and enjoy playing even more. So with all that said, let me hand you over to your hosts, the triumph-hunting titan night demon, the pink-panted pansy Thoroti, and your hunter master Ager, Mr. No One Responds in Real Life! Oh dear. So are you prepared for today's TWAB reading, Respawn? Uh, as good as I can be. As you can tell, my voice isn't all there, but I'm going to try. No, but have you read the TWAB yet? Or have you had it no. read to no, you? Like have, been, have you had I've it read to you? Days, 12 hour days all, all, all week, dude. No, I don't know anything. So Kakis hasn't even, you know, phoned you up and said, look, this is what's in there. I don't even watch Kakis, dude. I'm an Astacross kind of guy. You love you love Kakis. Don't I lie. Don't love you love Kakis. You love Astacross. Cactus, Kakis. Yeah, that guy, damn it. Cactus. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know anything. Oh, well, you got to start with this week of Bungie. Well, not this week. Next week of well, Bungie. You start with. You tell the people. How, how do we run the show, Respawn? Normally, we do the banter. Banter's mm-hmm. been done. And then you done. go into next week at Bungie. No, 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 no. We, we introduce ourselves. Because uh, this week we've got a guest. Yeah. Yeah, we have a mystery Welcome guest here that you guys have not two introduced. Titans yeah. and a Hunter. Unfortunately, there's only two of us this week as Parody is on vacation and we couldn't find a third in time. So you're just going to have to deal with me and Night Demon for the remainder of the show. And I, as you can tell, I'm under the weather. So Night Demon might, uh, might have to pick it up a step or two. Yeah. But I mean, you know, I mean, it just it, it's happened before. Y'all have been here with us before when it's just been me and Night Demon and everything turns out pretty okay, you know? It's it's a blow. I know it's a blow to to our 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 comedy section, but um, I think we'll be okay. So, yeah. And then of course there's me. No one responds in real life. The hunter, master rager, the leader of the Titan. hunter army, and uh, then we have Night Demon, who's a crown-eating titan. So, welcome to the show. No guests. Don't forget about your guest. Yeah. You're just leaving him hanging. Leave yeah. Him hanging. Oh, don't do me like that. That's the third voice in your head. 
the voice in my head. I'm taking pills. For no, the third time. voice in your head. It's not. It, no, the voice in your head is the other you. I'm the second voice. The third yeah. voice in your head. Well, I mean, that one wasn't supposed to be back. The pills were supposed to take care of that one. <laughs> oh, or how about your hunter brother in arms here? How about that? Yeah, you've got another hunter. So it, it's two hunters and a titan this week. Yeah, okay. We have um, Hawkslayer here who helped us with the competition and who is doing his best to help me get you guys some merch since Night Demon is dragging his feet. <laughs> so welcome to the show, Hawkslayer. Thank you for coming back and filling in parody shoes for him. They're very Thank big you, shoes. Mate. He's a very tall man. I'm hoping that you can fill them this week at least. He well, is actually surprisingly tall. Like he's taller than me. I'm six one. I don't really meet a whole lot of people that are taller than me. And he's what six, 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 seven, something like that. Big, big man. He he's Hagrid yeah. without the beard. <laughs> we haven't seen him in a while. We don't know if he's got a beard. All right, things could have changed. He may. Yeah, I, I feel like I'm Harry up against his, you know, Hagrid there. <laughs> You're a wizard, Harry. I am a wizard. <laughs> I do magical things. It's been far too long, guys. It has been far too long. So, so what have you been doing, Hawkslayer? I was going to say that. Yeah, that Were thing. You? No, you weren't. You were going to jump into the show and not let that man speak. Actually, I was going to ask him how much Destiny he played this week, but yours was just as good. Okay. Well, not just this week. In the last several months, I have played Destiny. I have not completed all all my triumphs and stuff with the uh, with Solus yet. Just because my ADD butt has been all over Destiny, and my, like I said, my ADD takes over, and I have to swap to a different playlist. But I have almost completed all my triumphs for that, and I believe that's going to be my first title I ever get. What the flame like, keep ever, ever? one? So you didn't ever, get ever. Uh, you didn't you didn't get Dredgen? No, I have not gotten Dredgen yet. Um, has it got to a point where you, like where you were saying about your ADD where you play a game and they play like uh, a couple of matches in Crucible and then a couple of matches in Gambit and things like that is the like the seals for you like that that you'll you'll do a certain amount of them and then you'll just leave one or two that you just can't get to and just carry on yeah that's essentially how it gets to like like I'll just keep hop skipping and then I'll think I've completed something but then there is like a few minor details that I have overlooked or just not paid any attention to. And then, <laughs> yeah. And then I go back and look at it. I'm like, yeah, what got me for the Reapers is like, Hey, do this, this, and this. Right. And I was like, all right, cool. I only had one thing left. And I was like, how do I do this? And then when I clicked on that, it took me to a whole different subsection of about 10 other things I had to do. I was like, Oh, this is another title I gotta do for the freaking Reaper, dude. It's like what? But also on top of all this, uh, I'm working on starting up a disc golf shop in my hometown, as well as changing jobs as well. So all about that disc golf, so you've got a lot on. Well, I'm actually going to be a part-time store manager of the disc golf shop, and the new job I'm going to be going to is with the Carpenters Union in my local town doing a, uh, a Corps of Engineers job on the on the dam. Yeah, it's going to be a damn job. And 
I'll be making literally double what I'm making now. What state? Just at Kentucky. Oh, okay, that's right. There, my brother just made the Carpenters Union in uh in Illinois. Cool. So, Hawk, those those are your real world qualifications. What are your Destiny qualifications? What do you like playing the most in Destiny? He just said a hunter. No, like, what does he like doing in Destiny? Playing a hunter. Okay. I'm not talking to you. Lately, lately I have been strangely addicted to Crucible, but I'm still keeping my PvE roots. Uh, I've been trying to uh, keep up with Azure Demon and keep doing raids and dungeons and all that. Let's see... Night Demon, was it you or Parody that that came to help me out on the uh, on the duality dungeon last week? Parody, probably. Yeah, Parody. Yeah, we didn't quite get through it. We got to like the next or last one, and then everybody ran out of time. <laughs> <laughs> we tried though. Canine, uh, he, he's in our. Uh, He's in the Frozen Clan. He, he he reached out to me looking for help, and I saw Parody online. I'm like, okay, well, surely surely Parody knows what's going on here. <laughs> nope, he's never nope. done duality before. <laughs> you keep forgetting of the show. I'm the guy that does all the PVE stuff, dude. <laughs> the high end stuff, man. Night Demon does some of it, but, but when it comes to raids and dungeons, I'm I'm the one of us that does that. Yeah, well, yeah, for the majority of it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, you carried me through the last time, or through the last time, and I was trying to remember it, but it, it was like me trying to teach two people, where I thought <laughs> that one person actually knew what was going on. <laughs> Shoot this thing! Well, did. it's actually a lot easier now because remember when we went through, and I was using uh, that explosion build, which was just detonating everybody, and it kept teleporting yeah. us when we weren't ready. <laughs> yeah. Time. Oh, uh, it was so uh, bad. Well, luckily, it doesn't happen anymore as of last week. Yeah. Well, for us, it's still... It, we still had some issues of that. Like, I would throw my uh, my my special grenade, or not my regular grenade, but the uh, gunpowder gamble yeah. on, on enemy, and it would blow up next to the lamp and send <laughs> us over. And I'm like, you gotta be kidding me! Well, no, I Still? think they only just fixed. No, I think they fixed that this Tuesday. Just gone. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. This, yeah, this, this was like the previous week before yeah. that. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Well, so you do you do a bit of PVE, you do a bit of PVP. So that, that's good. You've got an all-round kind of opinion on the game, which is good. Well, I mean, I gotta play the entire game. I I don't want to be. One of those guys that's only PVE or only PvP. Not trying to bash anybody out there unless you're <laughs> on. That was re- that was reactive. I didn't mean that. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> it's okay, respawn. We know you take everything personally. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I, I try to make sure and t- and pay attention to the game as it, as its entirety because. PvP is still a part of Destiny, and so is PvE. Yeah. So, so you, you got to take all the frustrations total, because you're going to have frustrations no matter where you go. <laughs> yeah. And I think we've got some frustrations or some 
feedback from the community to go over when we go through this week at Bungie. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. But should we oh, kick things off with next week yeah. in Destiny? What is happening next week? Next week it is the final week of Solstice. So if you're <gasps> looking to get your Flamekeeper Yay! seal and guild it, next week is your last week to do all those little bits. And I don't know how Parody Man should do it in a week. I don't know if he gilded the title, but to get that Flamekeeper seal, he might, I, I thought he just gilding it. He just says he has it. Yeah, I think there's like four other things that you have to do to gild it, isn't there? Like, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, uh, rank up a twelve enhanced armor pieces and things like that, which isn't too bad once you've already got one armor set maxed out with kindling and things. You just need the silver leaves and then the the dust or the ash to upgrade it. So that's what I'm slowly doing, and I think I've got PvP left to do, or PvP or Gambit, kill some more guardians. And then just the, the few gilding bits, but it must have taken quite a bit of time. So, I, admittedly, I haven't been able to play as much, but yeah, next week is the last week to do all of that stuff. So, good luck and Godspeed. Exactly. And next and week, all be ever in your favor. <laughs> yeah. Next week, you can defeat Protheon in the Inverted Spire Nightfall, which is one of the easiest nightfalls to do. And you can also enjoy extra Nightfall rewards all week long. Oh. So not ranks. What gun is dropping? Well, I can tell you if I go and look back on our show notes from the other day. If I can find it. It is miles up now. So the inverted spire next week. Champions are Barrier and Unstoppable. Okay. We have Shields of Arc, Solar and Void. And Ark is going to be giving you 25% bonus damage and you'll be taking 50% bonus damage from Ark as well. And the Hothead, which is the rocket launcher, is the main weapon. But I think Ooh, the, I think nice. there are two weapons, aren't there, each week that drop. But the main one is the Hothead. I still need a good Hothead. I am definitely spamming it. 100%. So, yeah, Wait, that's... you still haven't gotten a good one yet? I No, the one I have is complete trash. Once you get a good one, you, you'll just stop looking overall. Just be like, okay, I'm content with this. Well, yeah, I know. I know the role I'm looking for. I just don't have it. <laughs> but yeah, no, if it's, if it's going to be double rewards and easy nightfall and it's spammable, spammable bleh, then absolutely. Yeah. Heck yeah. Titans with their yeah. chest pieces that do extra damage on smashing and bashing and flying through the air. Yeah. That'd be worth I'm doing. I'm going to say this. While it's in my brain, I gotta find it first. This is it. What are you finding? Your brain? Um, well, I mean, no, that's been long gone. So, if you have a weapon with adaptive munitions, right? So, I know I keep talking about the point of inquiry. I really like that scout rifle. People have issues because it's a slow firing, high impact, but it's got adaptive munitions and Genesis. This is gonna be one of those times because you got all kinds of shields with all kinds of different flavors on them. This is going to be your bread and butter. It is a void. So the void shows are going to go super quick. But even the other shields, the ones where you think you have to hammer on for an hour if you don't have the right element, this actually negates that. Because if you, it's anti-barrier, first of all, because it's a scout rifle. So you get that extra damage to barriers. Good. And it's adaptive munition. So every shot you land gets stronger and stronger until that shield pops or you reload your magazine. So... 
again, really, really good. I, I like this one because it's got that whole combination, but anything with adaptive munitions is going to be your friend if you can't fill all the elemental slots. And even if you can, adaptive munitions is still good just for general gameplay. So you do you, but I've used this in Grandmasters, and it works really well. So that's my advice. Take it or leave it. Okay. And Shax will be bringing momentum control to the Crucible. So how do you play Momentum Control, standing parody? <laughs> uh, well, how I play Momentum Control... Yeah, that too. I ca- I'll capture the zone, and I'll try to find a fairly discreet location and camp out with either my Outbreak Perfected or... Uh, dadgummit, what's that other pulse rifle? The uh, no time to explain, bad juju, bad juju. That's what it is. I'll camp out with either one of those two and just wait for somebody to start taking the zone. And if it's one to two people, I can typically take them out fairly easily. If it's any more than that, and I don't have any backup, I'm typically. essentially i just camp out on his own and just make sure that they're not able to cap it so that we're able to get all of the momentum so this is well the one that your weapons are dialed up to 11 so scouts are really good in this Mm -hmm. so if you're doing like catalyst for scouts mida jade rabbit all go really fast in this because it's literally a two tap to the head other hard-hitting pulse rifles are really good as well so you can do that there's no radar as well which kind of helps and doesn't help which is why hawk was like saying that he, he posts up in a corner somewhere and just takes people out because they don't know where you are unless they kind of remember where you are and then they come for you and john wick you to death so, down. so one of our fans who we have not mentioned okay uh was talking about how they'd like us to add a segment to the show about the weapons we recommend like like a weapon spotlight every week, just something that we recommend for whatever reason, just a weapon to talk about. Mm-hmm. And I was going to talk about the bad juju, but since you brought it up, why do you like the bad juju in Crucible? For me, overall, the bad juju, it's an over, it's an overall around excellent gun. Like, okay. there's not really much wrong with it, but the fire rate is excellent. The the reload time, I, I I don't really have any complaints with that because if you're reloading, you're doing something wrong. <laughs> well, sometimes sometimes I don't get the perks to pop whenever I need them to, so I do have to reload. <sighs> but like I said, okay, I just said I played Crucible. I never said I was good at it. Okay, no, no, we're not saying that. no the reason i say this for those of you that don't know the gun is the bad juju is an exotic pulse rifle it's not a luster it's an exotic right it does take up an exotic slot so you do have to deal with that but i think it's incredibly worth it especially in something like momentum control because like you said it's got a great rate of fire it's a 450 it is standard full auto so you don't have to keep pulling the trigger you just hold it down and you go to town right for every kill yep. that you get, if you manage to get a crit kill, it reloads your magazine to full, right? And you just kind of keep laying on that trigger. And for every kill you get, you get a stack of String of Curses. And what String of Curses does is twofold. Number one, the more stacks you have, the more super you get every kill. 
And the more stacks you have, the more damage you do with the bad juju. So it's almost like a two-for-one uh, rampage, right? So it gives you more super, and it does more damage. And you get the added bonus of every time you kill something, as long as it's crit, it refills that magazine. So overall, the bad juju is an incredibly effective and dangerous gun to use in PvP where weapons have the have the higher damage perks. You know what I mean? Because there's other scout rifles out there that are not scout, uh, pulses out there that are overall better. They might have more stability or more range or whatever. But as a package, the bad juju is and always has been my favorite gun in the game. It's just really, really good. And momentum control is one of the places where you can let it let it be there. Flourish. Yeah, flourish. That's the word. Yeah, I mean, the legendary versions that you've got, you've got Chattering Bone from The Last Wish, which is also a 450. And you've also got Blast Furnace, which is an old, really old weapon at, that's capped at 1350 from the Season of the Forges. And Chattering Bone, you can get full auto. It, it it has a chance to roll full auto, but it doesn't come inherent. So, no. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, I mean, so, sorry. I was just going to break away from the whole pulse rifle theme, theme that you have going on. Uh, I found a auto rifle called the uh, Fire Fright that I have just fallen uh, in love with. Yeah. Well, there, there's only one perk on here that's just absolutely useless. Uh, I have air assault on mine, which is absolutely useless. <laughs> but uh, it has chambered compensator, ricochet rounds, osmosis, and extrovert. I take full advantage of that osmosis because all I got to do is throw a grenade. I don't have to hit anybody. I don't have to cause damage. I don't. There's no other requirements other than chucking, chunking a grenade. And mm-hmm. with that right there, I can have a triple solar weapon build again. Okay. I haven't been able to do that since Destiny so you, 1. You're talking PvE. You're talking PvE. I'm talking PvE or PvP. Well, why yeah. would you want triple solar for PvP? Because he might just want to. Well, uh, it helped out in Gambit, which is PvE and PvP. Yeah. But uh, whenever... I'm in Crucible. I like to build up those solar stacks so that I can get that uh, gunpowder gamble. Oh, oh, sorry. Oh, I see. So with that right there, every kill I get with the auto rifle, it just adds to a stack for the gunpowder gamble. So I'm able to get that a lot quicker versus just using Vex Mythoclass and Apex Predator. So that, that gives me three guns to build up on that, which builds up a lot faster than you'd think. Alright, so you think Osmosis is better than, like, Focused Fury or Surrounded or Adagio? Well, it really depends on your play style. For... If you're trying to build up Solar Stacks to get the Gunpowder Gamble, then I would suggest uh, my strategy. However, if your play style requires one of the other perks that you listed... Then, then yes. I mean, like you well, guys have always explained, you want to avoid getting surrounded. I would suspect, <laughs> but Adagio right. slow fire rate for more damage. That's not bad. What's it? Four fifty? Yeah, it's four fifty. Yeah. yeah, it's a four fifty. Yeah. I think Focus Fury is kind of wasted on it. Maybe, yeah. I, I mean, you've got to deal with half the magazine as precision damage on an auto rifle, 
to get the bonus weapon damage, which only lasts for 11 seconds for a 20% increase of damage. So, yeah, I mean, I can see the reasoning why you'd want Osmosis on there rather than the Focus Fury. And it is a weapon that you can craft. So once you've got the five frames, you can take it to the crafting table, craft a, a really naff version to start off with, and then just level it up to, I think level 15 is the one where you can unlock all the perks for it, go back to the crafting table, and then make it how you like. So, like, for your playstyle, I would assume Osmosis and Well-Rounded. Because Well-Rounded, throwing a grenade, all you got to do is throw it or hit a target with a charged melee grants a stacking bonus to weapon stability, handling, and range. So if you're already chucking grenades anyway, you know. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. Then you can get high cow rounds, ricochet rounds, armor-piercing rounds, and then all the barrel perks. So all in all, not an overly impressive... uh, set of rolls but yeah you got a good combo in there if you like chucking nades not bad it's a pretty gun though visually it's a very Ooh. good looking gun. Oh, I love it. it's a yeah. pretty gun and i tell you what time sausage gaming this week put out a video of the best shader that can go with it and i will put it in the show notes do you guys want to know what it is oh yeah it will make your gun look black just completely black with a few little oh highlights. i already know what that is that's the one i use already <laughs> don't tell people they've got to go and watch the video okay. Yeah, I know what it is already. I mean, I want to know. It, it's funny because the shader has blue on it, and you think there's going to be blue somewhere, but no, this thing is just straight. No, black. no, it's not. It's not that. It's not whatever. Really? You've got. Yeah. Oh, Snapdragon. What's Snapdragon? Well, Snapdragon is something I say instead of cursing. Oh, okay. This is a new thing. <laughs> I could also say summon a biscuit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't think we've ever heard you say anything apart from uh, swearing. <laughs> where were we? Oh, well, they, that's where we were. We were no talking idea. about momentum control, then we went on to guns. We talked were about we? some guns. Wow, we tangent. We took a full left turn and went on a U-turn, and now we're coming back to next week in Destiny. That's and good. your pinnacle raid for next week will be the Deepstone Crypt, and your pinnacle dungeon will be the Prophecy Dungeon. But you still have access to the other dungeon and the other raid, Vow the Disciple and Duality. That's the other dungeon. They will still also give pinnacles. But the other pinnacles for next week, which are the rotator ones, Deep Zone Crypt and Prophecy, which are quite nice. Added bonus of getting some pinnacles. As well as, you know, playing Solstice, because Eva Lavonte likes to give out pinnacles as well. So keep doing that and um, loads of pinnacles. If you haven't done either one of those, I recommend both, actually. They're both quite fun. I mean, this is Destiny we're talking about. What? I think they're fun. I didn't say they weren't. No, that's what I'm saying. You said that. This is Destiny we're talking about. I was like, I, I, don't, I don't understand why you said that. I said that because it's Destiny. We all play it because the whole game is fun. Oh. Uh, well, I... Mm. <laughs> I, Don't start with me responding. I would disagree. No, no, no. There's just some. Okay, so I would agree that PvP is not fun, right? But aside from PvP, there are some people out there that would agree that there's a lot of PvE stuff that's just repetitive, boring, or just straight up not fun. Like a grandmaster where you have to fight the two witches. That one is just not fun. It's just it's not, nobody likes that one. You know, it's one witch. Cool. You know that, don't you? She splits into two. Yeah, but she's one. It's, it's it's one in the same. It it's like the little uh, the little it? Taken ads that split off into two. Yeah, 
Yeah, except it's a boss, and she does owie levels of things. Does owie level of things? Yes. She's okay. not my friend. Moving so on. You, moving on. Yeah, moving on. <laughs> we have... Let's go to Eververse for next week. Let's go, Eververse. Let's go. I, I, I don't know how to follow that up, apart from telling you what your weekly offerings are for silver next week. We have the Catching Rays exotic emote for 1,000 silver. These will be on the featured page. We have the final Instar exotic ship. That will be for 800 silver. We have the Iron Severance, which is a silver-only item this season, which is a legendary finisher for 800 silver. So that's one to look out for. The Quadricycle, which is the Mario Kart go-kart. Oh, my God. I bought that immediately. Oh, Featured next week, eight hundred silver, and then Wait, no, it's it's here now. It's I it's, know. It's I'm telling you, no, but this is you know we we discussed this last week. We're not right. going into the full stuff that's available for silver because it's on every page and they just advertise it all the time. Fine, whatever, I don't care. Okay, so I'm just saying what's featured next week on that <laughs> featured page. So bright dust the next week if you've been earning it through doing your bounties or just playing the game and getting to level 100 on your season pass and maybe sometimes when you get those eververse engrams and you take them to test and she goes here you are have a small medium or large pile of bright dust and you go what what do i need this for you throw the dust back in her face blind her and then just steal stuff from her and what you can steal next week is the cabal skipper which is the exotic emote that's going to be for 3250 bright dust we have the weapon ornament for the Jade Rabbit, Raging Lepus, and that will Ooh. be for 1,250 bright dust. Looks very cool. Black and red. We have the Shocking Entrance, which is your legendary transmat. That will be for 450 bright dust. The Oiled Algae Legendary Shader, which is 300 bright dust. And I vaguely remember that Parody put this Oiled Algae on uh, some of the tie stuff. I think it was his like seashell looking armor from iron banner and he just turned into one big shiny shell that so look right out for that one, one. that yep. is that one isn't it yep and then further down in your bright dust offerings for next week we have a power rising exotic emote for 3250 bright dust the silly handshake multiplayer legendary emote for 1250 bright dust if you missed it in the last couple of years, we have the Buoyant Trap, which is the ghost shell that looks like it's got Jaws as a rubber dinghy thing around it. Jaws is in the shark. That's for 2,850 Bright Dust. The Crab Cycle. So if you are looking to get the crab, which it looks pretty cool, the Sparrow, that would be for 2,500 Bright That's Dust. That's the same one that was in the movie of the week, if you're curious. Okay. The Summertide Kite Exotic Ship, that will be for 2,000 Bright Dust. The really cool ornament for the Forerunner Sidearm, the Gilded Honours, will be available for Bright Dust next week for 1,250 Bright Dust. And then finally, we have the Binaval Projection, which is your legendary ghost projection for 1,500 Bright Dust. And then the week after, if you want the Mario Kart Cycle and you don't want to spend silver, it would be available the week after for 2500 bright dust because it's weird that they've got some of the stuff from the solstice that's overlapping it the in the following week into the bright dust because we have the the ghost shell that's in the donut ring 
and the weapon ornament for the uh, with the horde and a couple of other things i don't know if that's just a glitch in the matrix and uh, today and destiny have got it wrong in their eververse calendar data mining but that's what it says so hopefully just to be able to pick up some stuff in the following weeks it could just be bungee you never know yeah i mean normally what happens is that when an event goes on they have the event stuff for the same weeks and then when the event's not on they take it out of the eververse so if Solstice finishes next week, there won't be a fourth week of it, but there seems to be a fourth week's rotation of stuff in the Eververse counter anyway. So hopefully. And then if you've been looking for the Thundercats Lion-O, Thunderous Sword, that will be in the final week for 700 Bright Dust. Just so I'd say. That's what I'm waiting for. I bet you are. It's a good one. It is. Good news, Respawn. What? We don't we don't need to go through any of the challenges because that was it last week. We hit week 10 of our challenges. So though you've got the full plethora of challenges available to you to do as many as you like, uh, as often as you like, and just do all of them all in one go if you like. So that means I mean, that... I mean, all is, is, is what I meant to say. Oh. Yeah. And if you complete 72 out of the 75, that will award you a large pile of bright dust, which I think is about 4,000 which is pretty decent to get, wouldn't you say? 4000 oh, yeah. for just playing the game? It's a big old chunk, and especially yeah. since Sparrows cost, what, 25 Bright Dust? Yeah. 2500 And you get yeah. Bright Dust for doing the challenges as well, as as right. I've read for the last 10 weeks. Bright Dust and Challenge XP Plus and Plus and more Plus. Extra so Pluses. All the Pluses. Stop! <laughs> well, 4000 Bright Dust isn't that much compared to Parody's 50000 Okay, parody is an anomaly. He is not your example to be using, okay? <laughs> the thing is, I mean... Par- parody doesn't play the game as much as some people, and for him to amass that just means that he isn't spending anything. That's, At all, that's what it says ever. To me. Yeah. I, I, I dabble on the occasion. I think I've got half of what he's got, because I, I dabble, I buy stuff. And I'll buy something if I see something interesting, like a like a fancy sparrow or there's a exotic skin out there uh, that I want for one of my weapons. Yeah. Or or if I see, or if I just see something that catches my eye. Yeah. Like, like the doggo emote, which is still available. And no longer breaks the game. No, but you do, you get the added bonus of feeling good for giving money to Bungie for their charity work. Yeah. And if you don't know why why that's a charity thing, go back a few weeks and read the twab. It's 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 about a kid and a dog, and it's tear jerking. Uh, Night Demon cried. It was very emotional. I so, did. Even Deacon cried, and it takes it, a lot for her to cry. Yeah, I heard she doesn't have any emotion, so that's impressive. She have, doesn't have any tear ducts, so you know it's quite hard. <laughs> uh, no, I didn't say that. Don't come out. <laughs> Anyway, moving on to our Lost Sector rotations for next week. Hello! Monday the 1st of August. My God, we're in August already. We well, have the yeah, K1. We've got a few days. No, but Monday. Just Monday. Yeah. When, this, when this show arrives in your earlugs, in your, your earbuds. and Earlugs? Earlugs. Earlugs, yeah. Is that what you guys call it over there? No, I'm just making words up. Just go with it. Okay. Yeah. We have the K1 communion on the moon giving you exotic helmets. 
Tuesday, the 2nd of August, will be the conflux on Nessus, giving you exotic legs. Wednesday, the 3rd, will be the metamorphosis on the throne world, giving you arms. Thursday, the 4th of August, will be sepulchre on the throne world, giving you exotic chest pieces. Friday, the 5th, will be extraction on the throne world, giving you helmets. Saturday, the 6th, will be the excavation site 12 on the EDZ, giving exotic legs. Sunday will be the Sky Dot 4 on the EDZ, giving exotic arms. Monday the 8th, which will be the final one in my list, will be the Quarry on the EDZ, giving exotic chess pieces. And we have guides from Legionless Time Sausage Gaming, PV Shifty, and Monkish Jam available in our show notes for each day. I also have Abontis' YouTube channel and Today in Destiny Lost Sectors, which will give you a breakdown of, like Perry said last week, what burns there are and how many champions, what champions are in there. So if you're looking to look at it before you go in and kind of get yourself set up, rather than stand in front of the flag and then set yourself up as you're getting shot in the back by a cabal, Oof. you could do it that way. Also, the other reason why you want to be doing the Lost Sectors is there are triumphs tied to these Lost Sectors. Aren't which there always? There is. And I've done my three EDZ ones this week. Religiously, I, I got on. I did my master version first. I thought I'll, I'll tackle it first. So I'll go in and do the master one. So I did the master one, run through flawless and open the chests to get the two. I think that you have to do one on master um, and then one flawless on master. And then you have to run through on legendary. So that those are the three for each of those. And that's for each one of the lost sectors. Plus, you know, you get some, some good stuff out of it sometimes. It's all goodies, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Some some exotics. If if Zer at the weekend does not bring you what you want, you can try and farm the Lost Sectors to get an exotic helmet or chest piece or legs. Whatever. Whatever the 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 the, uh, the um Whatever fits your fancy. Exactly. Whatever rubs your nub in. No. No, okay. Pretty sure that's a crime. Okay. Whatever helps you sleep at night. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Whew. So record time. That's taken us six hours to get through all of those bits. That's it. Yeah. What do you say? Yeah. 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 Moving on. Yeah. Moving on <laughs> swiftly. We have the Destiny 2 Hotfix 4.1.5.1, which Parody normally tells you that Destiny have done. But one of us is going to have to. And Respawn probably has not got it up on his screen, so I will quickly run through it for you. Um, Just to tell you... right now? What are you talking about? No, it's not in the 12. It's not in the 12. That's what I'm saying. Uh, Never mind. Exactly. So this was the hotfix that went out on the 26th of July, at the beginning of the week. And this fixed an issue that prevented Silver Leaves from being awarded when completing certain activities. Hence, the following activities now grant them. Sever, Altars of Sorrow, Nightmare Containment, Blindwell, Dares of Eternity and Patrols. And with that, not in this hotfix, but Cheese Forever as an AFK farm that allows you to just stand uh, near the Altars of Sorrow. Not even participate, just stand. And when teams complete Altars of Sorrow, you get participation leaves. So I will link that in the show notes because that is well worth knowing. Or if you're just doing stuff on the moon and you're in that area and you don't want to participate in it, you can get stuff. So that's good. Get kicked. I guess I'll tell you how. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they've also fixed an issue where the investigation campaign mission could be exploited for silver leaves. So again, 
there is another exploit on the ghosts mission i believe for the throne world and i think cheese has put out a video for that so go and check out his channel for that one because it's exactly the same kind of way that it worked the last time you get to the end without picking up the the final checkpoint one of you leaves as long as one of you's in there swap to a different character come back gain the leaves and they've added weekly rotating modifiers to the bonfire bash activity okay so they're things do things in the bonfire bash now and i did notice that when i killed a different couple of fallen that they dropped those really annoying bombs that kind of slow you down when they explode and it's like oh hate those yeah so it's like oh i hear that ticking run away run away so yeah they've added yeah, things like that never get away in time <laughs> no it always catches you it's always like the one a dust filled grenade on it in its heyday isn't it it gets you no matter where you are you could be on the other side of the map and it still sucks you back yeah those were the good old days no those were the bad yeah. days before the empire yeah but with those things you can't even dodge out of the way no there's quite a, a large field right. isn't there well that's because it also it, it doesn't fully suppress you but it semi suppresses you so that even if you had full dodge or whatever, it just takes it like one tick below full, so you can't <laughs> use your dodge or your grenade or any of that. So it's yeah. stupid. It just depresses you just enough to pick <laughs> off. Oh, yep. yeah. Which, for me, isn't much. <laughs> no. We know this. We do. And, Hawk, I'd, I'd prefer if you refer to the Respawn Book of Slang for swearing, if you're going to swear. Oh, I didn't even realize I did. I didn't even really. <laughs> <I'll>... <laughs> I missed something too. What? If he's not going to swear, somebody's swearing, there's going to be ducks, dolphins. Oh, there's always. I mean, in the beginning of the show, I did a few times. So there you go. You know? Yeah. I mean, it, if I if I need to get colorful I and creative, You get colorful, there will be a duck or a dolphin in there. Just saying. Well, I refer to colorful as what you would call creative. No, so. no, no, no. My daughter's creative. It's not the same thing. <laughs> My daughter can paint very well. That's creative. What you're doing is not. No, that's not no. the same thing. No, no, no. <laughs> anyway, getting back to the gameplay and investment, they gameplay. fixed an issue where this year's Solstice armor ornaments displayed a purple hue rather than a blue one when using the stasis subclass. So they fixed that one. They've also fixed an issue where the DreamWork origin trait would activate for other weapons allowing overflow for all gear equipped. oh no <laughs> I knew respawn rant <laughs> <laughs> no i mean they were gonna fix it dude. we knew it they were gonna fix it yeah it was fun it yeah. was fun while it was there and apparently <laughs> we all owe a certain dungeon boss an apology now does that count if you haven't been into the dungeon and killed that boss because i feel that i didn't go anywhere near keitel when she was in the dungeon mm. well anywhere at all near keitel in that dungeon, oh, so I don't so owe so her an apology. I think it's because of the overflow perk or the origin trait perk. Oh, that no. that dream work thing. I think no, we just people we just exploited went in there that with Keitel, and you know everybody had uh, the storm chaser. Which again, now the storm chaser you can't fire as fast, so that's double sad panda. But yeah, I mean everybody got a storm chaser. You can still one phaser, pretty easy. So I don't have one, so. That's because you don't do the raid. What is that? What that was like? You pretending to be a robot? Raid. A little bit, yeah. You don't yeah. do the raid. You gotta do the raid, man. I'm going to try and do the raid. 
Anyway, they fixed an issue where the last word was doing more damage than intended. <gasps> did they? That sucks. <laughs> they did. And they've also fixed an issue where the seashore pack content was not being received by players. And that was your I hot fix. Tell you, man, when it, whenever it comes to fun patches, and we've said this multiple times, and everybody knows this, but when it comes to the fun things in the game, the things that benefit us as players, Bungie's always real quick to fix it. And the stuff that we hate, the stuff that needs to be fixed, they never touch. Or it takes them forever to touch, man. It's well, like, no, no, their priorities are, are always backwards, things. man. What? They are going to touch things. I mean... Wait, what? I don't know where to go with this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know either. Well, we're going to go into this week at Bungie for the 28th of July. So we can start there and just explore. If that helps. I mean, yes. I'm all ears. Good. So this week at Bungie, they're planning a raid date night. Yeah. In season the 18, it will be our second go at bringing a raid out of the Destiny content vault. And this time, it's going to be redacted. Sorry, we're saving the reveal of which raid is coming to Destiny 2 for our Destiny 2 showcase on August 23rd. But we wanted to make sure you had time to make any arrangements necessary to be ready on day one. That's cool. You don't... Request off work, hire a babysitter, but don't skip school, please. Your education is important. Redacted Raid goes live at 10 a.m. Pacific on August 26, 2022. Yes, guys, let's go get ready for day one raid when we have no idea what it is. Thank you, Bungie. They don't want you practicing it. That's what it is. You've got to go back they and practice all the raids. day one raid. And they're like, yeah, we're not going to tell you what it is. Though. No, no, they're going to tell you on the 23rd. Mm-hmm. So you'll have from the 23rd to the 26th to practice it. And let's face it, if you are a D1 vet, or even if you're not a D1 vet, D1 is available now. You can pick that game up. You can go and play it and practice the raids that are in well, D1. I mean, last week, we, we had if a cool, you want I'm to. pretty sure it's going to be Wrath of the Machine. And if it is, it's a great raid. Yeah. But, but if they're going to bring back Wrath of the Machine and we already have the outbreak, what are they going to put for the exotic? Maybe it's Are we going to get a D1 exotic sword? Now. Those were awesome. Now that we're talking about it, this raid, and what it possibly could be because they haven't told us, are you down to make another bet, sir? No. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. I was thinking, you know, I could trick him into thinking it's going to be Wrath of the Machine if I pick King's Fall because he will definitely go with the Seaver raid. And it probably won't be Wrath of the Machine, so and I'll win fun. again. And I will, I will force you to be a Titan main for the rest of your days in Destiny. Sure. That was my, my my ultimate goal. No. I, if, I was you want, not, if you want to take a bet that doesn't involve playing a Titan, we can go there. Like you want to bet on some silver or some glimmer or whatever, but no more than how, how do I give you the glimmer? How do you give no? Actually, how do you give me the glimmer? I, I have a sparrow that spits it out from behind. <laughs> I'm not going to be running around <laughs> after that for a long time. Oh dear! It's, it so what like happens if it's uh, what happens if it's the Crota's End raid? Well, then we do what we did last time. We we came to a compromise. If it was uh, a draw, and we would both main a warlock or something. 
but he doesn't want to go down that route. He doesn't. He's he's chickening out. He's 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 kerneling it. Out. I, I need to play a hunter at some point in time. This <laughs> okay. Watch it still come out. The wrath of the machine, even after all of this banter. Anyway, I mean, no. If it does, great. But I, I no more Titan playing shenanigans. I'm done. But at the end of the day, <laughs> if you are preparing for this raid and trying to get involved in the raid race you do you can have access to destiny one and go and play those raids and get used to those raids again because if it's the siva one i they'll probably put like champions in there if it's the kingsfall one it'll be hive and it might be lucent hive that are in there so you kind of know how to fight those so i don't see this as an issue to be honest keeping it a secret do you guys see it as much of an issue uh no, but like it's it's just it's just it's it's, it's just what do you one. call it? Um, just them trying to spin a pipe. That's all. You know? And the thing about it is, is I don't think they should be spinning up hype. They're trying to keep people interested in the game, right? By spinning up hype. Oh, there's a new raid coming. What it could be? Yada, yada yada yada. But the problem is, is everybody's gonna pick their favorite raid, right? In their mind. And if it comes out and it's not the favorite raid, well, you just turned a hype train into everybody just being kind of eh. You know, just yeah. just wait. For, I understand why they're doing it, but if you want to get the best reaction, Bungie, don't build up hype where, where people have to use their imaginations. No, just hey, <laughs> on the twenty second, be like, hey, we're releasing a raid tomorrow, <laughs> ta da! You know, and then people don't have no. But the thing is, people knew people knew that the rotation was going to be raid dungeon, raid dungeon. So we've had the dungeon this season. Okay, fair. The next season, it's the raid because they already told us that. Maybe they shouldn't have told us that, but I think that they wanted to get people interested in what was coming in the plethora of stuff that they were going to give us. And you remember back when Destiny used to publish and go, right, this is what you're getting for the full season. Week by week, it would tell you exactly what was coming. The roadmap, yeah. Yeah, people complained so much that they didn't want to know what was coming. Now people are on the other side of the spectrum. Is that Bungie are going? Well, we're not going to tell you anything until we're ready to tell you something, and it's no, going to be no, like two or three Bungie's, days before. Bungie's like a Bungie's like a big brother with candy behind his back. He's like, "Hey, I got something, and I'm not going to tell you." It's like, yeah, what's, what's wrong with that? Why? Well, because I don't because just by be patient. Doing that, it's not about the patience. It's about it is. you using your imagination to build up hype for something you want, and whenever it's not what you've been looking forward to, then you're met with disappointment instead of hype. You know, don't give us what a month. It's it's almost a month to sit here and consider what raid we're going to be coming after, and they keep poking that bear. And if it's something that the majority of us weren't looking forward to, then then what? You've just disappointed a lot of people that have been waiting for a month to see what was coming. How how can you be disappointed at them bringing back a raid? Not all raids are good, dude. <laughs> Sorry, not but every raid was a winner. No, but it's a, a raid. Well, let's be honest. Well, I understand here. they don't have to tell us anything, Gator, but I, I, I'm I okay with them not telling us anything. I enjoy surprises. That's why half the time, like, you know, I tell these guys not to spoil me until I can see it. I enjoy surprises. So if Bungie wants to keep it to themselves until it gets released, and they're like, surprise, everybody, we got a raid coming out today. That's a surprise. I'm like, what? You know, I'm okay with that. I don't, I don't, if they didn't tell us anything, I wouldn't give a shit. As long as they gave us the patch notes, they told us what they fixed, they told us, you know, whatever, I'm fine with that. You know, they don't need to tell us what raid's coming, what dungeon's coming, I don't care. Let it be a surprise. 
Go on, Hope. What were you going to say? By the way, games well, in the chat. <laughs> you see, with this right here, you're not going to make everybody happy. Some people are going to want to know what's going on, and other people are just going to say, you know what? Just tell me whatever it comes out. Mm-hmm. It, you have both spectrums of people that play this game, and you have some that are in the middle. So you never, you're not going to make everybody happy. No. Oh, it's RNG Gator, not Old Man Gator. He told me to specify. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. But no, if they just didn't say anything, right, then, then nobody would know. If they just didn't say anything about a raid and the raid came out, well, then who are you disappointing at that point, right? Because you didn't kind of so, let slip out that a raid is coming. What are you now- saying? Are you saying that you would prefer Bungie to just, at the beginning of, say, Lightfall, just go, We've got Lightfall, you've got four seasons, we're not telling you what's in those season packs, but there will be four seasons to the equivalent of what was available in The Witch Queen and those four seasons, and we will just leave your imagination up to you. And then as they come out, they do what they're doing here and just go, right, this is what's coming out next month for that yeah. season. Would you yeah, prefer that? Even, even them ultimate us we're have, and just one go, raid, one have faith one and raid, buy one the game. Yeah, yeah, but I, I mean, think that they had to get people interested in the Witch Queen, and they had to say, if you buy the Witch Queen and you buy the Four Seasons, you will be getting Raid Dungeon, Raid Dungeon. Admittedly, you had to pay the ultimate price to get the two dungeons included. Right, in that. but they left that ambiguous, right? Yeah. Now they're saying it's a raid coming back from D one. Well, now people they're going to get their hopes up because some people really like a lot of raids from D one, like me. I'm a Wrath of the Machine kind of guy. You, you're a King's Fall kind of guy, right? No, no, I like, like, I like all the raids, but I'm, I'm just saying. And you have to be specific on the wording. It says, coming up in Season 18 will be our second go at bringing a raid out of the Destiny content vault. Now, See? they don't specifically say Destiny 1 or 2, so they could throw a complete curveball. It could be the Leviathan raid. D2 raid. It could be Leviathan reprised. It could. It could. They, they've spent not, a lot of time and effort <laughs> to bring the Leviathan back for a season or another two season, let's face it, it's going to be here for season 18 and then 19 and then possibly go away with like the, all the seasons kind of go away or it could still stay. So it could be one of the Leviathan raids or the raid layers or the Leviathan raid uh, supersized. It could be anything like that. The, you just don't know what they could pull. And honestly, I hope it's not the raid. Uh, I hope it's not the Leviathan because for those of you that have done it, the Shadow Realm, the that extra dimensional space they he shifts you into, and you got to shoot all the skulls. That was the buggiest freaking part of any raid. Yeah, but I've you've got to think that they've probably ever. fixed that by now. <laughs> <laughs> you've got to hope. Hope, yes, yes, you've got to hope. Yeah, you got to hope. We're going back to what I said earlier about they fix the stuff we enjoy and the stuff that's broken. That whole raid, that raid was out for how many years? And they never fixed the bugginess in the Shadow Realm? Come on. Well, they, I've, I vaguely remember them saying that they did uh-huh. fix some of the barriers in there. But yeah, even when they'd said that they fixed the barriers, you could still get booted over the top. I know what you mean. But yeah. yeah. Or yeeted in space. But you that say was that. my favorite one. You it's say that. like... You get but shot and you go backwards into space. <laughs> are there still, there's still issues in the Garden of Salvation raid, isn't there, in the end boss? Of course. But then they still haven't fixed those. They've just kind of left that, and you just have to deal with it. You kind of prove my point there, but 
and the same with Rourke. You were telling us last week when he decides he wants to run across and, and jump off the side of the map and just stay out yeah. there and then come back. Again, you they get, you get yeah. enemies just out in no man's land, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you, there are things in the game that are just bugs that they either can't fix or just, if they do, it causes an even bigger issue. Mm. Whatever. Point is, is, the stuff that we like goes away a lot quicker than the stuff we don't. And that's mm. that's a proven point. That is a mathematically proven point. Well, I'm just excited that they, if they do bring back a D1 raid, because I've done all the D1 raids and I feel comfortable when they do bring those back, getting into LFGs and going, I can do this. I, I've played this in Destiny 1. I can even Sherpa people through. So I, I enjoy that. You just, you just want a solo Crota. Just stop. stop lying no, no, I'm, no, I'm saying solo Crota again. As a person that can't raid with his friends and his clan as much, I find it quite hard to get into the new raids once it goes past like one or two weeks. And I kind of have to build myself up to go to an LFG and hope and pray that there are other people in there also wanting to try and learn how to do the new raids. So it's quite a relief to have an old raid come back that I know and I've known quite quite well. I mean, I know all the other three or four raids that have come in destiny one really well so i can go and play those with lfgs from like week three week four week five without any kind of pressure i mean you could watch a video and just catch up of you know what champions they put in there and what if they've tweaked any kind of of the mechanics but they're pretty much similar to how they were in destiny or vault of glass is similar to how it was in destiny one that's what i was gonna say i was gonna say look at the vault of glass vault of glass in d2 is not the same vault of glass in d1 no, but it's very similar, and for somebody that's played the D1 raid, it's quite easy to get back into it in the Destiny 2 raid version. But the new raids, like I was saying, I think uh, they brought it up on the uh, Guardian Hub or the Guardian Down podcast. They were talking about raids, and um, I think a few of us are in the chat saying that it's quite hard for a, a solo player to get the courage to join an LFG two or three weeks into a season because there's all that kind of well if you haven't done 10 plus clears we're not letting you in i mean there are some really nice lfgs groups out there that will kind of sherpa you through yeah but i'm finding it a lot harder in the last couple of seasons that people will take you through if you haven't got a clear or it says 10 plus clears in the in the comments but you know what i mean there's there's kind so, of this thing so i will give you some advice that my cisco teacher years ago Gave me, and he he was an immigrant okay. from from uh, Korea, right? Yeah. So he came to America, like literally mopping floors, and right. And then by the time I met him, he was a doctor at my college, right? Yeah. So his life lesson that he taught all of us is lie. <laughs> right. If yeah. you're going to apply for a job, you apply for the job. By the time they realize you don't know what you're doing, you've got experience for the next time you go to get this job. Yeah. Right. Same thing with the raid. Hey, tell them your experience. Right. When you go into the raid, you have no idea what's going on, but you're learning. That way, when they kick you and you get to the next LFG, well, guess what? Now you've got some experience. <laughs> I call that fake it till you make it. Th- yeah. There you go. Right. Fake it till and, you make it. And I used to do that with the Leviathan, Spire of Stars, and things like that. But over time, I think I've grown less confident about jumping into LFG groups with the amount of people that are saying that they want 10 plus gears. And I know, like you're saying, I could fake it and I could pretend that I've, I've done it. Well, those guys tend to check your raid report. So yeah. 
<laughs> maybe not but, those guys <laughs> yeah no but that, that's what the kind of fear is so yeah. I, I don't think i'm the only person i think this is what's holding a lot of people back from actually doing the raids as a solo oh, yeah. player and and not only that but like we have that tripodcast thing that i i people are on that thing 24 7 yeah. right so if you guys don't know about it i can't remember the name of it it's the 100 in a second huh yeah. 100.io yeah and that thing is bumping all the time i I don't want to say it's as good as the discord version but i'm seeing people coming and going all the time people looking for people and the great thing about it is it's not necessarily last minute kind of thing if you know that you're going to be available saturday night you can go in there and they have schedules for all kinds of raids with slots open and you can pick one for saturday night boom and go right mm. so it's not even like the you can you can pick what time you want to go dude it's even better you know yeah all right uh so because this will be the raid holy <laughs> we didn't even move nope. <laughs> because this will be a raid that many of you are already somewhat familiar with we will be changing up the world's first raid a bit similar to how we did with the vaulted glass here's what to expect the raid will launch with contest mode enabled for 24 hours you will need to be at least 1560 power i'm there and be at the cap for all of the encounters. Clearing the raid with the contest mode active is the first step to access a new challenge mode in the director and a special triumph for completing all of the challenge triumphs for each encounter. Completing the secret triumph, a curated list of challenges in this newly unlocked challenge mode will be how a fire team crosses the world's first finish line and claims their prize. To enforce the triumph requirements in the challenge mode, your team will wipe if you fail the success conditions during any encounter. Mm -hmm. So if you fail the challenge, you auto-wipe? That is nuts! Also kind of cool. Challenge mode and the secret triumph will only be available for the first 24 hours. So make haste if completing it is on your bucket list. The first fire team to do so will be declared the world's first winner. Pending a review from our team. If everything checks out, the final six members of the winning fire team in the activity will be awarded the coveted raid belts as a monument to their achievement. By the way, guys, listen to this. The final six raid members to complete it. So if you were part of the team and you subbed out and somebody else came in, you don't get nothing. You got to cross that finish line. So good luck. And with that, 1560 is the power cap that we are for this season. Uh, uh, not the pinnacle. I'm 1570. 70. Yeah, 1570 is the pinnacle power cap. So if you have reached the power cap of 1560 this season, you are good to go when this raid drops for next season. Contest mode is capping your light. I believe it was like 25 light below the encounter, isn't it? Yep. So the, the encounters will so probably be, be 1535. And then don't the each encounter go up by five? I vaguely remember it going up I'm by five. Sure, yeah, I'm, I think you're under something. Yeah, sounds familiar. So I think it, it starts at 25 light, you're capped below. So the first opening area or whatever, or the first boss will be 1585. And then each kind of section that you get to after that will go up five in light. So I think you're like, like 40 light below. So, yeah. 40 light below when you hit the final boss or something like that. Yeah. So you, there is a, there is this bit of a challenge to it. And go Invis the... Hunter, go Bubble Titan. <laughs> <laughs> Stay alive. 
and with the challenge mode at least it kind of helps you guide you through so if you if you do get if you complete it and then you're going back through to do the challenge mode at least you kind of know what the challenge is if you fail it you can kind of try and work it out to get to that world's first but let's face it deacon and mooples team will probably win again so deacon you know she was in charge of moople and the the team that won the last two i was totally it's, it's her clan remember oh. do you not remember the whole no short-term no. memory okay. <laughs> long-term problems <laughs> squirrel yeah hulk have you got any thoughts on this well yeah honestly <laughs> I'm actually wanting to try for for this raid, so uh, I'm going to be keeping it. I don't even know which raid it is, but you know what? I'm going to give it a go. It, if I got to take a day off work, you know what? I got like six vacation days that are coming up. I I might even just use one. <laughs> no. So you're not upset that it's it's now being held on a Friday rather than a Saturday? That doesn't affect you guys. You haven't got any kind of prejudice against Bungie for doing that. I mean, it depends on my work schedule. Am I traveling Friday? <laughs> That's all I can say. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, but they've given you enough time to me, book it off. That's true. Well, honestly, since I'm changing up jobs soon, I'm probably going to take, or I'm probably going to use up all my vacation days at once. So I'm going to have like, like a week and a half that I can just do whatever I want to and still get paid Ooh, for it. So. Destiny. I might just get paid to play Destiny. <gasps> exactly, that's a good one. Dun, dun, dun. Because I believe the is it the weekend after is your Labor Day weekend. Sounds right. I believe so. Oh, so I can take one. <laughs> so I can take like a full week and a half off. <laughs> Labor Day is going to be that Monday, not that Friday. So that's already after the contest is over. Yeah, no, no, no. But what I'm saying is the weekend after, so be the 29th of August, 30th of August, the week after, yeah? Okay. <laughs> so that weekend after is the reason probably why they're not doing it at the weekend. I've heard a lot of people say it's because of it's a long Labor Day weekend and Bungie would probably like the time off like every other person. So that's why they're scheduling it on a Friday because they mainly work Monday to Friday. The issues that they had with the Vow the Disciple being on a Saturday, yes, they had Bungie employees there watching and things like that. So, you know, they were obviously paid to come in and work. But there were so many issues, weren't there? The, the game was glitching out. People were getting despawned and taken out of the game. And then there was other <laughs> glitches that helped you in the game. And The whole team that? just wipes and ends up in orbit. And they're like, what the hell just happened? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a feature. So I think they're trying to negate that because, I mean, where I think about it, it's it works out about six o'clock in the evening over here when it releases, but it's like one o'clock in the afternoon for you on the East Coast and then even earlier for them during the day on the Friday. So they've got quite a considerable time to watch people go through the raid race and it doesn't take them past like, hopefully it doesn't take them much past the 5 p.m., you know, end of day business thing. And they can all go home and have a nice evening. And I mean, especially if it's a raid, we already know. They're probably not going to be there all day anyway. So No. Well, you never know. They may put a, a crazy twist on it that nobody really sees coming or and, and nobody is prepared for. They they already said that. Mm. <laughs> That's exactly so, what they're going to do. 
So if it was a Wrath of the Machine raid, no. what do you think the contest parts of it would be? So you've got the initial room, haven't you? Uh, the first probably, boss, like, with like all the, for the TVs. Bathroom, a different person would probably have to throw the bomb every time, most likely. Um, yeah, yeah, probably that. Or uh... didn't we have that in the? That's the thing. If for contest, yeah, I mean the contest had, usually like, had hard mode. The past or yeah, we had it. hard mode, didn't we? Hard mode, hard mode, uh, rather the machine, and hard mode for Kingsfall. Just so, right. do you think the challenges are going to be similar to how? they were for those rates i would say yeah i think because so. we didn't have that with vault of glass if i remember rightly no not the, the the challenges for vault of glass were i think similar to d1 but i don't think you had this challenges only mode when vault of glass re came out so no so this that's a new thing if you usually go to orbit that's new right. no but that's yeah. only no but that's only as you're trying to figure it out for the contest mode okay what <laughs> i thought it was on board i guess i wasn't I, I, I what, what? Okay, so for contest mode for the first uh -huh. twenty-four hours, you've yeah. got to have completed the raid, and then you there's a challenge mode in the director that you select to go and play to continue going for the worlds first, or just completing it in the first twenty-four hours. And uh -huh. if you fail any of the conditions that meet that encounter, your team will wipe. You don't necessarily go to orbit. Well, you will just wipe that encounter and start yeah. again. So it kind of gives you a clue of. So you did something wrong. So obviously we've got to work around that to get the challenge done. Yeah, but, but that's what I was saying though. Is if you played D one, because D one had challenges too that you had to do. Like like the hard mode was was the different way to do something, aka challenge mode, right? So um, I'm thinking if you did hard mode in the D one raid, it's probably going to be maybe not exactly the same, hmm. but definitely similar. No, it's going to be exactly the same, but only different. Wasn't it the, the 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 first room that you encountered all those televisions and you had that end boss and you had to kind of slide under the doors and didn't you all have to go in one doorway to start off with and rotate around the four doors? You couldn't split off and go into the, the four different areas. Yeah, you all had to go into the same exact door. Yeah, and then yeah. that door would lock and then you'd have to go to the next one. Yeah. And then Well the door the door's locked after use anyway, right? But you had the option in normal to go split the doors, right? Because you had you had four doors total. So if you split off, you got two doors, and then the next time you split off, you had just the one door, or even the two doors. You could two, you could potentially two or three phrase the boss. So you had spare doors. But in the challenge mode, you all had to go into the one door, even yeah. though you had four. You all had to go into the one. I don't think there was much. Was there a challenge for the Zamboni, or was that? Oh, that—that that was nobody was allowed to die, wasn't it? You right. all had to survive the Zamboni run, as far as yeah. I remember. And then there was the the challenge where you had to. Did you? You didn't have to open that pyramid uh, thing, not the pyramid, the the Rasputin thing, did you? On the different steam pipes, you just had to go through that kind of maze area. And now you're challenging my memory. <laughs> <laughs> there was a kind of Rasputin diamond cube uh, in that steam room and you had to have certain guardians jump on different steam points at uh, different times to kind of open that like cube up and then you got an exotic engram from it the first time that you ran through it and that was part of the quest for the outbreak perfected or outbreak prime at the time i vaguely remember that there was there were things that you had to do to get the outbreak as well 
I think maybe that was the challenges, wasn't it? You had to do it on the hard motor. I'm possibly not remembering this correctly at all because it's been a very long time since I played it. And then the boss room, the final boss room, wasn't that he wasn't allowed to teleport? Or am I just not remembering this? You couldn't stop him from teleporting. Oh, no, that was it. There was a power-up, wasn't there? There you, You could grab two balls... I think it was balls that you could grab by shooting the plates in the floors or the plates lit up on the floors. And yeah, one the person bomb. The bomb that you had to one person got the bomb to throw at him and the other person got the buff. And the buff would give you, I think it was your super, wasn't it? Or more people going go instead. But somebody had to be on that buff for it to count for the challenge. So, yeah. Maybe it'd be along the similar lines to that. So you can play D1 and go and figure out those challenges. And then okay. Kingsfall, what did we have for Kingsfall? We had the bucket race. That was quite interesting. What was that that you couldn't do? Do not remember, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Kingsfall was, it was okay, but it's not one of the ones that give me happy thoughts. So it's not exactly in the forefront of my brain. There was always a, this theory of like, when you did an LFG with Kingsfall, and because it was quite a hard raid to get into, if your team couldn't do the initial bucket race opening of the doors then you knew that you had a really bad raid team so you'd you'd done that initial kind of court of oryx you'd gone through the door you'd done the jumping puzzle across the ships and you got to the bucket race and you knew that you had a really incompetent team if you couldn't get through the bucket race of changing the buff or running around like standing on the plate you had a couple of people standing on the plate that would then have to one person would then run into the middle from both sides, shoot the doors and shoot the, the glyphs and shoot the, the witches to open it for the, I can't remember his name. Is it the, um, I want to say war keeper, war, war path, but uh, I can't remember to open the door, to go to the, the, the first main boss that you had. So yeah, the, I vaguely remember there was a challenge mode to that. And then the challenge mode for, the war priest, that was his name. Do you remember the war priest? He had the big blight behind him. And no, am I just. This is this is all you, dude. <laughs> okay. Some things I remember, yeah. but not, not what you're talking about. I can't remember what you had to do. You had to, I'm sure you had to kill like different hive on both sides and some there were people up on the top ledge and there were people down below and there were people hiding behind walls and you had to kill all the hives that came out it just sounds like whenever you have to fight oryx with the sword that's what i'm when you're talking about people on the top platform and bottom platform but i don't remember what you're talking about i honestly can't remember how the war priest worked but i remember when it got to damage phase with war priest we would drop a bubble and we would all kind of be in and out of the bubble, shooting him, shooting him with uh, Whisper of the Worms and anything that kind of rockets as well, damaging him. And then he would do a wipe phase with he would some of the, the blight would kind of light up and then it would destroy um, certain areas. Or if you were caught in the white blast, you'd die. So you'd have to hide behind walls. You'd have to hide behind little ledges and things. Oh, so, OK. I, I remember what you're talking about now. It, yeah. it took me a little bit. But do you remember the bucket race before to open the doors to get to him? Because that was, that was quite hard. That was hard coordination for some teams. And yeah, that... So then well, you that, had... if, you, if you didn't have perfect, precise communication, 
you got bamboozled every single time. Bamboozled? Yep. That's a fun word. I, I'm, I'm trying to get a little bit more creative here. Since, <laughs> since no, I mean, it's, doing it's a fun it. word. Yeah. Well, what do you mean creative? He keeps <laughs> asking me, do you remember? Do you? No, I don't remember. <laughs> And then, the wrong and then, guy to ask about memories. <laughs> then Warpriest led you on to Golgroth, which was the blind ogre. I remember that. Ah, oh, there yeah. you go. You remember him. And that room was, he. the ogre was down in the middle, and then you had uh, had a couple of pools that you could you jump to. shoot the to. jizz above his head and stand in the jizz. And you had, yeah, you had to shoot the little balls that dropped down. And the more balls that you shot down, uh, you could pick up a buff. And the more buffs that you picked up, the more damage you could do to him. And there was that kind of bit underneath the initial area. Yeah, wasn't that, like, the, the Titan would drop time? down, put a bubble, and then shoot him. And then somebody had to, no, somebody had to shoot his back to open up. Yeah, to yeah. And yeah. Somebody had to. You had some guy that had to catch aggro. Yeah. And you had some guy that had to shoot him in the back. I think that was the aggro guy. You had to shoot him in the back to get his ire. Yeah. And then yeah, and then other. I think that was the first actual raid mechanic where you had to get aggro. Like yep. that was an aggro mechanic, yeah. And I think what they added with you had to get the stacks for the damage from shooting the different pools, and you had initially what did they wanted you to run from pool to pool to pool, didn't they? In this in the same kind of pit that he was standing in, but yep. what you do is you'd initially just shoot the one ball down, or get enough buff to shoot that one ball to drop, and have enough buff on that and stand in the Titan bubble. And come out and kill him. But then, what they added for the challenge mode? The worm was, was so good back then before they nerfed it. Oh, the best. challenge mode! Didn't they add that debuff that made you explode? You turned green, or your screen flashed green. And after about, you random person would get it in the team. And if you had it, you had to be away from the team, otherwise you kind of exploded. Yep. And let yep. out this kind of green light. And if you were standing near your teammates. You killed all your teammates, and you would be the last person standing. So everybody knew that you killed the whole team, <laughs> which was quite fun. And you could deny it all you wanted, but it was always really funny. There's if no you, denying it. You're no, the last guy standing. But if you, know? you were standing next to somebody else and they didn't die, it was always an argument with them. No, I didn't get it. No, I didn't get it. It's just like, one of you got it. Stop arguing. Let's just kind of sort this out and get on with it. So, yeah. That, I sorted out. Just, just reset and keep going. Jesus. So it's like the buff that you know, the is it the debuff that you now get in the Vault of Glass, isn't it? That one. Is that yes. a, yeah, you can get that on Atheon, can't you? He gives you that debuff, and if you stand near the team, you have to go and stand, jump away from them, don't you? And you kind of explode. So it's the same kind of buff there. That's where they've got that from. And then you had the the wall of death that you had to kind of climb up to get to the sisters. And I believe the sisters, didn't you have to take them out within a couple of seconds of each other or, or within a minute? So the first one did the death song. You took her out and then you had to then turn and get the other one before she finished. I think it was about 30 seconds after that. I vaguely remember that. And that, again, was you had to get buffs. And then for Oryx, you had to gather all the blights, didn't you? You get a buff from all the blights and then you'd be able to damage him more. And that was the challenge mode. They all had to go down at the same time, didn't they? You had, so you had to have four people go off. Two people always, always stayed in the middle and uh, got rid of the ads. And then you had the two, the four blights on the corners that would kind of slowly go into the ground. And you'd have to kind of go into them to explode them. And you'd all have to time it so they all exploded at the same time. Do you remember that? No? no. 
but can we move on yeah. from reminiscing? <laughs> well, I'm I'm just throwing out ideas. You know, if these are the raids you're coming back, ideas, but we're not here yet. So we're we're not there. We still have a whole twelve to get to, and I still have to go to work. You don't have work. You only have, have serving work. the people of the podcast world. Uh-huh. Okay, so I suppose we better get on to the main part of the twelve this week. Yeah, yeah a, bit. a little bit. Yeah. Just a smidge. Which is matchmaking. So starting in season eighteen, and that's uh, August twenty third. If you're unaware. They will be introducing some changes in how we play matchmaking in Crucible. This will be the first iteration that is part of a larger plan going through to Season 19. Our World System teams are leading the charge on this transition, and here they are with a big info dump on what is to be expected. Hey guys, let's us talk about skill and connection, because it is a big topic. They know that it's been discussed with a lot of passion and goodwill in many places in the community and inside Bungie. So they're going to give us a clear TLDR before we get deeper into how and why. So they're striving towards the goals that all players, including New Light, and I think that's the main takeaway from this, is the new players, mainly, can enter the Crucible and regularly get matches where they can feel competitive and have a reasonable chance of winning or competing. They want to make fair matches using skill-based matchmaking, which is SBMM. And that's going to be important to help meet those goals. So in Season 18, they are going to be starting to implement loose skill-based matchmaking to the control playlist at the start of Season 18. Now, I think the reason why we're doing it in control is that it is the main playlist that you kind of gravitate towards, even if you're a new player. And it is the it is the bread and butter of the Crucible, I think, of People go there and they just play the game. So I think it's got the larger population of player base for them to kind of gauge of how this is going to work. Do you guys agree with this? Agreed. Yeah, I agree completely. So loose skill-based matchmaking has a wider starting skill similarity than survival and should result in matching with a wider variety of players, whilst also eliminating some of the frustrations we see in our current system. So expect loose skill-based matchmaking to expand to other players in future seasons as we tune what we consider to be high-quality matches by gathering real data and feedback from you. So again, they're asking for feedback after this has gone live. Not before, because you don't know how oh, it's going to play. I so, already see the YouTubers complaining. So all YouTubers the YouTubers, all the Twitters. Look, if you're a player and you hate the idea of this so far, and yes, if you've been here for a long time in Destiny, you've we flip-flopped between skill-based matchmaking and connection-based matchmaking. I believe we've even done a podcast on a it lot. way back. Yeah, <laughs> we, that, I mean, we, the, I know it's a, a thing that Bungie have done for a very long time, flip-flop between the two. And I think they're going to try and do something that is somewhere in the middle of trying to get the best matchmaking for you to come into the Crucible. Do not give them the feedback now because you don't know how this is going to play. Like I, like we always say to Respawn when he ha- he goes off on a rant of he doesn't like the way that Bungie are telling him that this is going to happen. Nine times out of ten, when the change actually happens, we get Respawn back and Respawn goes, it's not as bad as I thought. And I think- That's not all the time. There are times when it is, in fact, as bad as I thought. But... Oh, mm, mm-hmm. But... 
even you would say that it's probably best to play the game that they're trying to give us and then give your feedback. Yes, in your mind, you've probably already thought it's a bad thing. And that may influence you going Isn't into the new... That matters in my brain. <laughs> <laughs> it may influence you quite heavily when you go and play this. But I think people had the similar thought when Iron Banner rolled around with Rift. There were a lot of haters beforehand, and there probably still were haters after that. I was going to say, did that change? <laughs> I wasn't aware that it changed. But before that, people hated Iron Banner anyway. Yeah. So, you know, it's. I think the th what you've got to give Bungie is credit for trying to do something to improve the game. Now, it may not be improving the game, and therefore give them feedback after they've implemented it, but not before. It's they know that you probably won't like it, but you don't need to keep telling them that until we've actually played it. Okay, just let them just, screw up and then give it to them. Let yeah, let them make the mistakes and let us point out the mistakes. Point and laugh then, and go look. We knew this was coming. Same point. We were going to tell you, mean. but we didn't, yeah. <laughs> but you know what I mean. Play it yeah. and see how it feels. Go in there with an open mind. I think is probably the best thing to say. Sure. So at the moment they've got it skill based matchmaking in survival. So this is the uh, the competitive game mode. So you have solo survival and you have team-based survival. And this is where you can go and play comp and get to 5,500 and do your title and things like that. So they have skill-based matchmaking in there. And from what I remember is people enjoyed that quite a bit because it is the only game mode that actually matches you up against people of similar skill to you when you get to a point. Because, I mean... Initially, you start the game mode with everybody all on the same platform. You know, you've all got like zero points. You go in it, you play. Obviously, those ones that are higher skill will reach the 5,500 quicker. But then as you're continually playing, you will be matched up against and with similar skill players for you to kind of get better and grow as a player. And I see what they're trying to do with implementing it across the whole game. Not necessarily as strict or as tight as what it is in survival but just to try and get some control over the game of making it better for other players so expect a loose skill-based matchmaking to expand to other playlists in the future as we said as we tune what we consider a high quality match and i think with this what they're probably going to do and they're not actually saying it now is that it probably won't be an iron banner and it probably won't be in trials because Iron Banner, I think, is just kind of just go and play and have fun. They may slightly tweak it. But again, Trials is a completely different beast with cards and skill in that area as well. Because it works differently, I think, is the, is the best way to describe so that. Different, it's a different style of players. It's a different... Uh different. Yeah. Um, it's everything. It's different style of players. It's more aggressive gameplay. It's... Trials is trials, man. Trials can't be described as anything else, man. It's just, yeah. They, yeah. They may bring it to it, but I think it'd be one of the ones that they kind of don't bring it to initially until they've kind of got it all honed down to the like, the finest detail. Because I think if they start implementing it in a, a game mode that people enjoy how it is at the moment, I mean, taking away that you can't get that much rewards and other complaints that they have, apart from that, 
the majority of the higher skill players enjoy that kind of game mode to play other players of their similar skill, even less skill and, and stomp on whatever. That's that. Yep. Where are we? They're going to continue Still in the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to continue to tune until they are in a good place and they will report tuning updates regularly. And they'll be implementing a form of fire team size preferred matchmaking in season 19. So not next season, season afterwards. A lot of what follows is pretty in depth. So feel free, respawn to tune out if you want to, but he's not going to, he's going to go through the final details with me and Hawk on this. So let's You're get making into a it. lot of assumptions there, bud. No, no, Hawk's done. Hawk's done his research. I said to him, "Have you read the Twelve? He said, "Yes." Oh, he's nailed down. He knows. He's he's parody, maybe not parody level ready, but he he's kind of parody ish level ready to kind of respond parody to all of this. Yeah, we we'll go with that. How many parodies have there been? Oh, more than we care to count at this point. Mm. Five thousand eight hundred sixty-four, I do believe. Okay, we we'll go with that. Um, Start reading. Okay. Uh, they've, they've developed some goals which we will be working on over the next few seasons. All players, including New Light, and again, they're emphasizing New Light, so getting new players into the Crucible. Because I think that's one of the things that turns new players off. And I think we've heard this many a times being brought up by content creators, by Bungie themselves, is that it's not a good experience of if you're a new Light player and you step into Crucible and you get your ass handed to you time and time and time again because you're not in a kind of a skill-based matchmaking mode whereas i vaguely remember somebody like i think it was like patagates gaming his advice was go and play survival go and play the competitive game mode because there is skill based in there that would match you up against similar people of your skill to go against, to learn, to grow and experience the game of Destiny rather than just be thrown into control or into Iron Banner or into whatever and just be handed to you and you like, no, I don't like this game mode, I'm not coming back. So I think that's one of the main things is they, they've got all these new players and we're, all the new players are kind of hanging out in the PvE land of maybe I'll do a raid, maybe I'll do a dungeon, but I'm not going to go and set foot for, for into Crucible. So I think that's the main takeaway that I get from this anyway. That they, you know, they want new players to come in and get a little bit of competitiveness to to build, to make, start those building blocks to actually grow and get better at the game of Crucible anyway. All players, whether solo or with a fire team, can find a place in the Crucible where they can play a variety of matches and have a reasonable chance of winning slash competing. We are defining reasonable as expect a win rate between 40 and 60% for most matches. Players are rewarded based on their skill and proud of their skill. That's that's another thing to take away from this is because you want to be proud of your skill and you, you know the top players do want to show it off and Bungie are acknowledging that. Uh, reserve a place for players who do not want to engage in the skill system. So if you don't care about kind of showing off your skill and you just want to go in there and have fun with your friends, there's going to be a place for you as well. Generally speaking, any matchmaking in competitive multiplayer games tries to put together high-quality matches, and we consider three things when assembling a high-quality match. Connection quality. There are two types of connections that are important, and that's connection to the game server and connection to other players in the match. 
Generally, bad connections to other players have a large effect in Crucible than connection to the game service. So when we talk about connection quality in Crucible, we are talking about that connection from player to player. Lower quality matches result in jerky movement by other players, missed shots, or getting unexpectedly damaged or killed, or being shot through walls or round walls. I added that bit in. When fire teams spread across the globe, we pick a single player's latency to speed up the finding matches. Match fairness. Ideally, all players in the match have a reasonable chance to win that match, i.e. have similar skill. Matchmaking speed. We always consider matchmaking speed as a key element. No one wants to be in a 10 minutes between matches, no matter how perfect they end up being. When matchmaking, we must balance these three elements. If we want to lower matchmaking speed, we are either going to need matches that are less fair or matches with a lower connection quality. We'll continue tuning to find the best balance possible. And then we have a graph. So, so as for the skill, throughout this twelve, we will be discussing the term skill in Destiny. That term refers to how we rate all players who participate in PvP on a scale of 2,000. Player skill is reflected in a graph that looks like this, which it shows... It... <laughs> how, how would you describe that graph? Well, I'd say that the, the, the graph... It's a half of a bell curve. Actually, no, it is a bell curve. It is yeah. a bell curve. But you've got yeah. the zero in the middle, yeah. and then you've got minus 1,000 on one side up to plus 1,000 on the other side. And then it kind of curves up from zero up to 100. So with that in mind, internally, skill is a combination of stats made up of your performance. Kills, death, captures, round wins, revives, dunks. So reviving your teammates does come into this. Remember this, people. <laughs> They're not going that to. ranks you again. Absolutely. All... Not. <laughs> that ranks you up, up against all other players in a match. Each player's skill is compared against the skill of the other players in a match. And we make skill adjustments for all players at the end of the match where, where the two rankings differ. There is also a confidence rating. The more games in the system has seen you in recently, the more confident the skill adjustment is. Now, Respawn, that, that means how confident the game thinks you are, not how confident you think you are in the game. There's a difference. That's why. My confidence absolutely should count. It should, but it doesn't. So, in addition to the stats mentioned above, Skill encompasses all sorts of things. Your reaction times, agility, how you approach fights, how well you know the map slash mode, how well your character or how well you know your character, how you build your character, the weapons, armor, and mods you used, and how you bend all of those into performance with other players. You won't ever actually see a skill value in game. So you're never going to have like an extra stat that you can visualize and visually enhance. This is just something that the game calculates on its own. We're we're not going we're not going to be able to actually see this, unfortunately. Yeah, and uh, I think the you know the Elo score that I think the community has made up for certain games and that if you go to destiny tracker and other websites that you can see your games against there is an elo score and i, I believe that bungie don't even recognize that 
as a kind of mm-hmm. score that they judge how you play. So it's going to be a hidden amount of stats that kind of gauge how good you are with the game, I guess. Yeah, and it's just going to be an internal score that we won't ever see, but is held through concrete evidence in, in our ranking within the game somehow. Mm. You won't ever actually see a skill value in game while we are while we are currently using or while we are currently only using it to try to get fairer matches in survival and elimination. We still track we still track it for all modes, including Gambit. This gives us a reasonable starting point in new game types like Rift and Zone Control. Rift isn't really a new game type, but it's new for Destiny 2. Now, how do all these skill numbers actually play out in-game? Here's a good shorthand of what we use internally. If someone is 200 skill above you, you can definitely tell they're better than you, and they will win 75% of the engagements against you. The opposite is true if someone is 200 or more below you. By the time you see a difference of 400, the better player is going to win 90% of the time, and lower skill-based players need to get extremely lucky to pull off a win. Now, once you see a difference of 600, there's basically zero chance for the lower skill player to ever win a 1v1 conflict. Engagements should, should get fairer the closer you get to the same skill. This is the goal, essentially. Yeah. And I feel like that sometimes. So does I'm that mean that you won't put me in games against ZK Mushroom anymore? That's what they're saying. Nope. Yeah. That's what they're saying, but will it actually happen? I don't know. <laughs> but then on the other end of it, you'll got you'll get people like ZK worrying that they're gonna have a ten minute match time to get to other skilled players or lesser skilled players. They want the faster times because they have a chance at pub stomping. You know, I, I I feel confident in saying those players that are of that skill that can go into a lobby and get a we run out of medals can still do that. And going forward, I think it it will still be a thing. You'll still see the people that can pull off those we ran out of medals will still be able to do that. And I think their only fear is that the match times for those players is going to start growing by implementing skill-based well, matchmaking. They need to purposely throw matches. That way it brings down their skill score. That way they don't <laughs> have such long wait times. Or yeah. have alternate accounts. Which they do. A lot of them do. So... I don't know if it's um, in this next bit, but apparently Bungie said that when they can tell that somebody's at like 600 skill level above somebody else or the way that their their skill tracking goes into the games, they know beforehand when the game kicks off what players are on each team. They, they know an outcome before it even happens based on what they're actually telling us here with where they can judge how good players are on each team. And if they see a certain amount of skill on one side of the team, they know how that game's going to play out even before it's even played out, which is quite interesting. So I think that's what I mean, another thing that's led to it's them. It's Minority Report in Destiny 2. I think that's another reason why it's led them to this, is that they, they've gone, well, we'll implement this at some point and we'll tell them about it at some point that you know we're judging all of them as they're playing the games. And we can now work out, based on the skills of the players on each team, how this game is going to play out. And 
ninety percent of the time, if they we've got well, I, I think well, actually I think they heard I heard it was like a hundred percent of the time. If they see a set amount of skill on one side of the team, they know that that team is going to dominate the other team, and you know even before the game's kicked off. What's the problem so, space though? What issues are they running into because of this? When I saw that, I thought they were going to give us more vault space, but they're not. It wasn't that. That that's not what PvP is about. They just gave you one hundred slots. Is one hundred slots? Yeah, not but that enough? could have been filled up by last night, and then I've had to delete some things. <laughs> it was filled up for me the first day. <laughs> <laughs> and you're not even the hoarder. I'm not even the hoarder. Oh, yeah, dear. but whenever you're running three characters, it's kind of happens fairly easily. It does. No, I don't even run three characters. I just have a lot of different roles for weapons. I'm like, this could be useful in the future. That could be useful in the future. Yep. I don't know what that does, so I'm going to hold on to that until YouTube <laughs> tells me about it. Yeah. <laughs> and then six six to a year, six months to a year later, you're like, what is this doing sitting in? I don't want this. Get rid of it. And then about two months later, have you kept this god roll? And you're like, darn it. I had yeah, that. Right? Just like, why yeah. do I still have this air assault hand cannon? Get out of here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what is By our problem way. space hawk yeah okay so the problem space as we as we started looking at the competitive landscape in destiny we noted a few things just a few things not like 20 bajillion things but just a few things outside of survival and elimination the ability to imp to influence whether your team wins or loses is usually out of your personal control if you are average skill or below half of the population. This can feel bad, as the match out outcome seems essentially random and you don't feel motivated to try to win, this has contributed to us de-emphasizing winning as a requirement to gain rewards in the Crucible. The current landscape also allows brand new players to match up with some of the highest skilled veterans and are expected to compete. On the flip side, if you are highly skilled and you are often put on a team where it feels like you are the one carrying them and most constantly perform if you want to stand a chance of winning, this doesn't feel good for anybody, unless if you're the one getting carried, of course. In control, the skill... Uh, Disparities. Yeah, the, the skill disparities on a team can start over 50% of matches and have a skill disparity of 900 or more between best and worst players, which so significantly that the outcome is already known before a single shot is fired. On the other hand, in freelance survival, 60% of matches have a 250 skill base or skill difference or less this is much more reasonable. These wide variances also leads to more mercy games than you would expect, for example, control. It has a graph here, but... There is a graph, and I think it just shows you the, the amount of... Uh, they're saying like, this amount of matches result in mercy for the different skills, but I don't think they've broken down the different skills. They've just put it in, like, how much it is. Yeah. So match, you've got match quits, you've got mercy, you've got objective missed and time limit. So those are the percentages of the matches. So the objectives missed is quite high. And then you've got quite a large chunk of mercy. And then you're always going to get people quitting <laughs> in the match. So 
objectives. So all this time when we've been talking about how people on purpose ignore the objective to yep. just get as many kills as possible, yep. it's mathematically proven right there. Yep. Uh, I mean, I even had uh, somebody quit the match in the middle of a trials match yesterday, and I was like, oh, thanks. I, I know we're getting stomped, but thanks? Why disparities in skill also exasperate? Yeah, exacerbate. Okay, I can't English this morning, but <laughs> in skill also exasperate or exacerbate other problematic elements. <laughs> With wide disparities in skill, trapping a single team in a spawn is significantly easier. It's more likely that most of one team is dead at the same time freeing the other side up to roam around and look for new targets without without worry of any danger. Because of these extreme factors, no matter what your skill, it becomes hard to tell if you are improving or not. You may quite reasonably look for other stats to demonstrate how good you are. Kills, assists, and deaths, KDA, are great, but still unclear how good your opponents are that matchmaking is dependent on lots of factors as KDA is a low population situation can mean a, a very different thing skill-wise than a KDA in a normal or high population scenario. You can also check third-party stats to track ELO, uh, a ranking system originally designed for chess with broad impact. ELO isn't something we track or use or validate so it's a use at your own risk data point if you can tell if you are improving it's hard to be motivated to try to improve we know we have to do something to solve these problems and more to get crucible into a better place we know we won't be able to address everything in one fell swoop in season 18 <coughs> or the rest of the game for the last <laughs> 10 years. No, but given they're due, they're trying to do something. Right. But this will be the start of an ongoing process to improve PvP over time. There's no better there's no better time than, than the present, right? No. But you must admit this has been a long time coming. People have been yeah. complaining. PV... It's already been here and then gone. And then been here and then gone. And then been here and then no, gone. But... The community as a whole has been crying out for PvP changes. Can we do something about PvP? Can we do something about the rewards? I mean, it was quite interesting to note that they said that they had de-incentivized getting rewards in mm. Crucible. But it, it's nice, you know, people are saying, can we get rewarded for playing the game mode? Can we get rewarded for playing in Crucible? And I think along with this, you've got to think that uh, somewhere, somebody's got to think, Look, this isn't a competitive shooter. We tried doing it as a competitive shooter. We've tried to get into that game. We're not Halo. We're not Call of Duty. We're not this. We this are is an MMORPG, very loosely magic. defined. Yeah. <laughs> there are highly yeah. skilled players that play in the Crucible, and those players, you know, just they, they love it, you know, just being at the best they can. And but what you've got to think about is what Bungie keeps saying to you is that we've got all these players and all these new players, but they don't want to play in this PvP sandbox, which is meant to be fun. You're meant to have your, your weapons that you can 
tune to how you want to play them. You've got mm. your subclasses that you can tune to how you want to play them. It's meant to be a fantasy game of playing against each other. It's not meant to be an ultra competitive, sweaty game. It isn't. That's not what it is. And I mean, if you think about it, when when we went through like the flip flopping between connection and skill based matchmaking before, and I could see with this loose skill based matchmaking is I think they're still going to use a little bit of connection and they're going to use a bit of skill. Because if you think about it, connection has changed for the better these days. I mean, with all the upgrades to fiber around the world and like D1 originally, I think Just I was because on... because your internet is better than someone else's this one, boy. I know. But around the world, there are places that have got better internet. I'm not saying everywhere. And I know there are still people out in the sticks that just run on, you know, ridiculous or low... people in hotels. <laughs> yeah. But you must admit, you maybe like back in Destiny 1, wouldn't have been able to stream to Twitch from a hotel room and play the game. No. So it has, over time, significantly improved with the way that the world is structuring itself with the internet. So I think they've got to base some of that on that is that they can still rely a bit on the connection and then add a bit of skill in there. And uh, they did say that they were going to rework the crucible with changing the seal because they were taking away the, I can't remember the name of the seal, but the, the crucible seal, because they were going to rework that. So again, this is part of that larger picture of they were going to do that. Um, also with crossplay, crossplay now being in the game where it wasn't before also adds more players into the pool of players that you can play against. I mean, you can play against Stadia, you can play against PlayStation, Xbox, PC, all in the same pool. Uh, if, you can't play against PC if, unless no, if, team yeah, yeah, I was going to say PC. that. I yeah. was going to say that. But even adding just like Xbox and PC and and PlayStation into the same kind of pool of players you know the connections are going to be better the skills going to be there to add all of the, this is i think they're seeing with like all the internet improvements the infrastructure's improving the the connections the like the crossplay it's all kind of forming this thing of that you know we're now able to do this with the game and i th- i don't think i i've heard a lot of people actually say anything about that of taking everything into account of it's not going to be how it was before when they had skill base, it's going to be different. And they've admitted that. And it's something they're going to improve on. And as I've said time and time again, reading this, it's, it's going to help those new players coming in. And hopefully this is also going to improve Gambit along the way, because that again has those PVP elements as well as the PVE elements. Matching people in Gambit is also another thing, because when you play Gambit, that can be lopsided as well, just as much as a PvP game, just as much as an Iron Banner Rift. Do you guys? Are, I mean, yeah, you guys must perfectly be... balanced in every way. You shut your mouth. <laughs> and I think that if they didn't tell us that they were going to do something, people would still complain, you know, or question when it actually happened. I mean, before when they did it and they they switched from skill base to connection, or it was the other way around, or something, and they hadn't told us, and people figured it out. They were like. Oh yeah, well we did this a, a while back. It's like, well, when were you going to tell us? They're telling us we're now. Not. <laughs> yeah. They're being a lot more open and honest with this communication of what they're intending to happen. Right. So uh, I don't want to interrupt. We got to do the response report roundup real quick. Have we? Yeah. 
I'm mm-hmm. about to walk out the door. I can still hang on. I'm still on for about an hour because that's how long it gets to work. But if I'm going to read, I got to do it now. Okay, you do your response report roundup. So, dun 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 dun. <laughs> Bumpadum. Destiny Bulletin says Bungie is investigating the washed out solstice glows after yesterday's hot fix. This bug and not an intended change. We think it may be related to our fix for the stasis glow that was the wrong color. So now your bright colors have been sun faded during solstice events. The Destiny Bulletin, Charles of Osiris, Freelance, Map Eternity, Adept Weapon, Forgiveness. Isn't that a sidearm? I can't tell. It's been cut off. Yes. Uh, some players are getting the burnout map in Trials of Osiris instead of Eternity. Uh, goth girlfriend, girl gamer. Oh my God, please marry me. Only Bungie would hype up a PvP twab only for it to be a 10 page essay on justifying skill based matchmaking. Uh, this week, Bungie. This week at Bungie, what the PvP community asks for goes in one ear and out the other as we justify skill-based matchmaking while ignoring Omni-Oculus and Classy Rest in PvP. She also says, at Cosmo, at the end of the end, at the end of the last twop. Cosmo replies, got it. So yeah, definitely wasn't meaning to hype anything up here. We always try to be careful with our language and what we say and don't. We will try to make sure that we aren't creating any false expectations in the future. We have Ribbon, Bungie Arc. I don't think I could have said it better myself. Thank you, at Bungie, for putting your employees first. He's replying to, to a post where they said quite a few people in the comments are essentially saying that Bungie employees should suck it up to be at work on Saturday so the raid launch is more convenient for players. Some suggest that Bungie can't dictate to people which days they work and employees can just take a Monday off. That's BS. Bungie is trying to do the right thing here for their employees, and that should be commended. Employers should not force you to go in on the weekends and should not dictate an odd work week every so often. It's awesome to see an employer actually doing the right thing, and we should celebrate it. I've loved getting into the raid right at launch when the launch was a Saturday, but it really isn't that much different from getting together with my fire team to run it in the evening after I've gotten home and had dinner. Why should Bungie burn out its employees just so we can raid at 10 a.m. instead of 7 p.m.? As several others pointed out, 99% of the people with a shot at World's First will all be there at 10 a.m. on Friday. This will not impact the contest at all. He's right. Uh, Last City Radio. Last City Radio has officially been licensed by Bungie. Woo! to archive destiny soundtracks that have entered the dcv that is destiny content vault the first set of archived music uploads will begin rolling out starting today enjoy the tunes guardians last city radio is a channel on youtube.com if you did not know and that is it for response report roundup and last hold on hold on when was the 22nd no, no. Oh, that is it. Okay, yep. Yeah. So match balancing. Once we match a group of players into a lobby, assuming we don't have full fire teams, we try to split them up into balanced teams. So this is, I think, when they initially pitched this to us, it was a bit like the snake draft, wasn't it? Like one good player on one team, but then you'd have the second and third on the, the other team. Okay, so this that's how they did it, and then backwards and forwards. If the player skills are somewhat random, the system has a tough time. We've tried several times, or several different algorithms here, 
to mixed results. For the time being, we are hoping that reducing the skill variability in any given lobby will make it easier. Skill-based matchmaking and control. So at the start of season 18, we're going to start tuning matches fairness back up in control and control only in Crucible. We want to start slowly to limit the number of playlists we consider when tuning the matchmaking with hundreds and thousands of people. We can do some testing, but nothing can f fully simulate how the full population will be affected by these changes before we ship. We're going to be live tuning the matchmaking parameters over the first few weeks until we land on something that provides a better balance between fairness, quality, and speed. We will not be touching any other Crucible playlist during season 18. Trials has no plans to change to its matchmaking. Elimination and Glory will still use the same skill-based matchmaking they have been using, and everything else will still be using connection-based matchmaking they have been using for years. We are currently planning to make further adjustments in Season 19 based around the goals listed above, but rest assured, any major changes will be communicated in either TWABs or a blog post, as well as patch notes. And then we at Two Titans and a Hunter. We'll communicate that to you in the ways that we can. Try to stop us. I dare you. But I, I'm thinking of making Parody read all of it because he's managed to skip this one. <laughs> I agree. The whole thing. Good. And he's skipping next week too, isn't he? He's gone for two weeks, yeah. you said. He's gone for yeah. two weeks, yeah. yeah. Two weeks. Two this weeks. guy. I'm glad that his first week is up already. You hear that? I'm glad your first week is up already because you're going to pay for it when you get back. Lots of reading. Tenfold. Yeah. Tenfold. Connection-based matchmaking. Connection-based matchmaking is what most of the Crucible playlists utilize to find matches that have the best possible connection quality. First, we identify a pool of available players with a good connection to you. Within that pool, we choose players with the very best connection. If we can't find players with that pool, we widen the variance in connection. We repeat until we find enough players, then we break them out into equal skill teams. Seems like a lot of work that sometimes doesn't go very well, especially, again, see Iron Banner Rift recently. A key point about matchmaking in fire teams the latency we measure to find a good match does not take into account a fire team with disparate connection speeds. We only measure latency for one of the players in a fire team. So if you're in a Tokyo and you have a fire team member somewhere in New York and someone else joining in Johannesburg, you are, the, for some, laggy crucible matches no matter what lobby you're in. So it's not even like the lowest one. It's just a random one. Like you're not, you're not, they're not measuring the lowest latency of the lowest player. It's just we'll pick this guy and go with that. Me, I'm not doing anything. Bungie are saying that they just pick one. That's Bungie for you. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm, I'm in an elevator. Hold on. No, that's right. So your skill-based matchmaking, better known as SBMM, uh, uses a similar model to connection-based matchmaking. In addition to latency, skill-based matchmaking uses skill similarly when asked to join a lobby. Like latency, the acceptable skill similarity expands over time. First, we identify a pool of available players with a good connection to you. Within that pool, we choose players closely matched to your personal skill rating. If we can't find players within that pool, we widen the variety in skill. If that doesn't work, we expand the search again with more, variant, with more variance in connection quality. Once enough players are selected, we break them out into equal score teams. Our current glory matchmaking settings prioritize connection quality and matchmaking speed, 
while still trying to find a fair match. The goal stated for our standard SBMM is we would rather sacrifice some match fairness in order to maintain connection quality and matchmaking speed. So those are those two. So those are what working in the game at the moment. So here's the definition of their loose skill-based matchmaking. So our initial version of loose skill-based matchmaking for control playlist, control only, is going to be working a little differently. It starts with a rider acceptance of skill variance, then expands very slowly on both acceptable skill and connection quality at the same time. The goal statement for this new loose skill-based matchmaking starts with a broad definition of match fairness and compromises on matchmaking speed in order to keep matches fairness and connection speed, connection quality high. We expect uh, overall matchmaking times to go up, more so if you and your fire team are either on either end of the skill curve, depending on the current population in your region. However, we are hoping that the trade-off for the matches that aren't super sweaty or lopsided blowouts will be worth it. We have analytics set up to review overall matchmaking data each hour, especially critical over the opening few weeks of the season. And we'll be monitoring and adjusting timings and thresholds above while we try to hone in on a good setting. Control is generally a nice populated playlist, so it will be good test bed for the tuning list like we said at the opening. Do you want to know what they're going to be looking for as they tune? Amongst other things, we're looking at matchmaking time. Minimize players who cannot find a match in 10 minutes with a goal to keep the average under 2 minutes and under 4 minutes for 95% of the players. Mercy games. Right now, mercy games are based on the map as low as 5% and as high as 25%. We believe the number of Mercy games should be under 5% on all maths, but not actually hit zero. Final score differential. In general, games should be closer in score. Right now, 65% of the matches end with one team hitting the target or hitting the score target 15% of the time and 15% ending with a mercy. Our goal is that less than 80% of the matches end with one team reaching the target score and most of the rest ending with the time limit. We're looking for most matches to have under 10 points difference between the two teams. Less variance between the top player and the bottom player. Right now, five to five to 10% of matches have the best player scoring 30 to 39 more kills than the worst player in the match. And 50% of the matches have the best player getting 20 to 29 more kills. We believe that 90% of the matches should have less than 20 kill difference between the best and worst players. And 50% should have no more than a 10 kill difference. All of this is great, but there are some things it does not address that we will be looking forward to in future seasons. As for skill distribution, as we discussed in the skill section, player skill in Destiny in most games tends to follow a bell curve, referring back to the chart that they had earlier, mm -hmm. centered around skill 100. That means half of the players are clustered between 100 and 300 skill and just 1% 
above 800 or lower than 550. When you do skill-based matching with skill windows, what ends up happening is players at either end of the bell curve have fewer potential players to match against, and thus potentially take longer times to find a good connection. This is one of the reasons we will start with a wider skill threshold and expand more slowly to make sure we go through all available players. Like we said, expect this to cause longer matchmaking times initially. But it's important to note that we are going to be looking at outer skill thresholds and tuning the experience for them. In the future season, we're hoping to introduce some technology that allows us to search with a wider skill variance based on your position in the skill curve and keep matchmaking times more consistent with the downside of loosening some fairness. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. The downside of loosening some fairness. So what they're going to do is they're going to take the 1% on the left side of the bell curve and team them up with the 1% on the right side of the bell curve so that both of those guys don't have to wait a long time between matches. Now, I think what this is to me is that they're going to start off... You're going to see, like, there is that huge middle section of players that are kind of the average players. And you're going to see, like, people getting better and, and sometimes, you know, getting worse and whatever they they'll be quite happy in their little bubble and then you've got the really yeah, low skill players yeah. and the new players coming think, in think back think back think back you, you your memory's not long enough dude this is coming from me think back we've had skill based matchmaking before and how many times have we been on a team and we just completely rolled the teams we were playing against and then after that we lose like the next five matches because they're like oh your team is better than what we thought let me put you in a higher tier skill level and we just got rickrolled the whole time you know it's just that's going to be just more of that. No, know? no, no, but no, no, listen to what I'm saying. Right? I think it's going to work differently this time. And what I'm seeing from what they're actually trying to say here is you know, that they, they had that skill level between, say, uh, somebody that's 200 better than you or, and your, or you could be 200 lower than somebody else. Yeah. And there's that yeah. 75% chance that you could win. I think that yep. they're still going to have that on both sides so you're still going to have this huge middle area where most of the players are going to be and on the on the left you're going to have the new players and the lower skill players and they will sometimes match up against people that may be like 200 300 plus to give them an idea of how it is to fight against those players to maybe get to that point of being that good so they will very rarely see those players but when they do you know there'll be some fighting between and those will change and people will go up and down. But I think the goal is to get people in at the start. And the same thing will happen on the right at the high end. What you do is on each team, you have one person from the right 1%, you have one person from the left 1%, and four people from the middle. Boom. Done. That could possibly be hard. And then I think what they're going to do at the high end on the right here is that they're going to have the higher skill group of people and more of the average players will be implemented into their group again to see if they could succeed and get better at the game and play against players that are better than them. But it also gives the higher skill players a less play time of like match search time, sorry, to get into matches. I mean, they're 
they're thinking like 10 minutes wait but Bungie have set their goals at maybe about four minutes which is what I could see happening is that you're going to see more of a bleed from the middle section going to the higher section to play against those high skill players because they could stand their ground and possibly you know get better at the game and you know take on those higher skill players and from the lower pool you're going to see a, a smaller pool of average players be drip fed into them for them as a goal to kind of succeed to and get better at and play against i think that's how it's going to kind of work this is what i can see where they were telling us about the difference in skills where they want to see if they can match people up and sometimes they'll need to expand it and sometimes they'll need to won't need to expand it but yeah so fire team size mismatches i've I, I ran into this issue more times than i care to admit so it's no mystery that full fire teams often stomp six solo players who matched up against them, which me being who I am, I <laughs> I will try to somehow establish communication with all these randos that I play with every once in a while. Like if I find a good team and, and we're kind of working all right, but we're still getting stomped, I'll try to establish conversation or uh, communication with them to get over this and i've actually stomped a six stack of guys or uh of players from one clan while i've been running with randos just by establishing communication with them it's hilarious when that happens but you've got to consider this even though they may be a clan playing as a fire team like the frozen mainly do you know they're in there just to have fun so it, it just may be um may not be like the the top elite team Right. But communication with six people and no communication with six people, obviously you're going to have better coordination because you can at least say, hey, there's one guy on me. He's low. Push him, take him out. Or if there's, hey, there's three guys on me. Stay away from me. Don't go for my res. (laughs) Oh, like that. Oh, I'm sorry. It's no mystery that full fire teams often stomp six solo players when matched up against them. Fire teams that are used to play or that are used to playing together may also be in voice chat with other, allowing them to communicate more effectively with those who are not. Oddly enough, if we look at average skill for solo players, it fits the bell curve from above clearly. If we look at the average skill for full fire teams in control, we can see that the bell curve centers around the 400 to 500 range. So, not only do fire teams have a communication advantage, but they also have a decisive skill advantage. The big question is are high Why school is players telling us all this stuff that we already knew? Well, some people because might not know. And we yeah. can read it. It's in our job description. We have to read the 12. No, but why is Bungie saying this? This is not... Whatever. Go ahead. Continue. (laughs) Are are high skill players more inclined to play in fire teams, or do regular fire teams make skill go up? Either way, we will be implementing a form of fire team size preferred matchmaking in Season 19. We will be sharing details about how it works closer to release. Further, it will allow us to eventually replicate the benefits of playing in a playlist without having to split up the population. This is our current plan going forward. We will keep you updated as we tune settings 
in season 18 and beyond. That's quite interesting it, that it's going to allow them to eventually replicate the benefits of playing in a f- freelance playlist without having to split the population. Whereas what they have to do now with splitting like the solo players, like in trials that we've got this weekend, Iron Banner and um, the survival, if they can work it out better for those uh, the skilled players to actually play in a playlist again that brings those playlists together which again brings more people and i can only see this as a positive thing going forward i don't know what your your guys's thoughts on this i mean hawk you said that you play a bit of pvp did you play a bit of iron banner did you see kind of being rickrolled as respawn put it happen and and other things i played iron banner trials i've played essentially every pvp playlist and Hmm. it it, it, it's bipolar Uh, i want to say that around 40 percent of the matches that i play i'm getting stomped the other 40 percent i'm doing the stomping however the 20 percent that doesn't fall in either of those two categories were good genuine close games and by the time i finished i'm like man they got the better of us i didn't have any complaints other than that they just did better than me yeah so do you play on we didn't even ask that oh i I play i play on xbox Mm. see i don't have the station to to build a pc and i don't have an extra three grand right now to build one <laughs> but you will do soon, right? Um, I mean, after I start the new job, probably. Yeah, honestly. Yeah. No, but um, the reason I brought that up is because you're talking about PvP and the experiences you've had in PvP, and uh, a buddy of mine who always played on Xbox, when he plays with me, he plays on PC, and now he's got a laptop, so now he strictly plays on PC, and he's all like, "Yeah, dude, freaking, it is, it is night and day between Xbox and PC." pvp you know so i was just wondering because i'm like you're giving me all of your experiences and whatnot and i'm trying to gauge how how that plays out on on the grander field and then when you mentioned that you're on the xbox i'm like oh if you if you got about a 40 percent win rate <laughs> on the xbox <laughs> 40 to 50 i think the thing is looking looking at it from an outsider's perspective you can see that there's this game mode that people play and there's all these issues, there's all these problems. If Bungie hadn't come out and said that we're going to try something new to try and make the game modes better for everybody across the board, mm-hmm. you would you would see that they're not trying to do anything. You'd see, well, why, this, why are people still playing that game if that company aren't bothering to try and iterate and grow and change the game to make you know, more of the population happier with that game mode. I mean, we've seen recently over the last couple of months, people are unhappy at the way that Rift was going. People are unhappy that the way that it just even normal control games are going. You're getting lopsided matches. You're getting trials matches. You're getting people quitting because people are fed up with this game just being this for this amount of time. So I can only see it as a good thing that they're going to try something new going forward it may not like i said at the beginning it may not be the best thing but at least they're trying and they're willing to put time effort 
and people, manpower behind it to get it done. All we've got to do is play our part and play the game mode and give them the feedback, you know, either in game, uh, just by playing the game mode or verbally or by communicating to the teams nicely, again, putting it nicely to the teams of how (laughs) your experience went. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to, if, if, if I sounded like I was trying to down on Bungie for making changes, I'm not, right? No, no, I know I mean, you're not. But we, we've, we've been playing long enough to see skill-based matchmaking before, and it's hard to, to not bring that into account whenever we're talking about this, because we've seen it before. They're probably going to change it in some way, shape, or another. Fine, that's cool. But no, I'm, I'll never dog Bungie for trying to change something unless it was good to begin with. You know what I mean? Hmm. If there were no problems, there's no reason to change it, kind of thing, right? But yeah, I'm I'm, I'm never gonna dog you for trying to change something. I appreciate them putting forth the effort. I do, even if it's a game mode I don't play. They're bringing in people into the game that might possibly help me out on a raid or something. You know, I mean, yeah. more people into the game, no matter what, is a good thing. It keeps this franchise going I'm and it keeps our podcast meaningful. <laughs> yeah, right. So no, I'm. If I, I think, if I, if it sounded like I was making fun of Bungie for for trying to change something, I'm not. I, I'm mainly listening to the feedback from other podcasts, other YouTubers saying about and and like the tweets that have gone on in the community. People have been very kind of, I, I you know vocal. just vocal. That's Negative. the word, yeah. And yeah. and some majority of what I've seen, there may be positive ones out there, but the majority of them have been quite negative, and. I can see where they're coming from because when Bungie did skill-based matchmaking beforehand, it would be, right, this is skill-based matchmaking. We're going to walk away from this for six months and not even touch it. We'll come back to it and address it then. At least they're saying with this, it's going to be a work in progress. It's going to be something that we're going to kind of be building towards and and fine-tune to make sure the majority of people are happy with because that's what they want is the majority of people to be happy. And the other thing is, like I said, in the middle of all this, it's not a competitive shooter. Yes, there are high school players that play this game, but it isn't an esports game. It's not at all. And if you want an esports game, there are esports games to play. Overwatch, you've got Fortnite, Call of Duty, you've got Halo, you've got all those games out there. Is this, Fortnite really an esports game? You're kidding me. I'm I'm just saying it's it's one of those. Oh. Ones. I think you know it's possibly. But you get where I'm coming from. It's just this is a completely different game. Space magic. And, yeah, and the, it's the, trying the to be its own thing. You got to treat it like that, you know. Yeah, I mean, you initially you've got to think space magic. No other game. I mean, you can build up grenades and other things in other games. Um, but you've got space magic as the main thing. Uh, you've got a super that you can kind of pull off and wipe a whole team. You've got weapons that you can craft. You've got random weapons that drop with different perks on them. To try and maintain that in a competitive shooter is nigh on impossible because when I've seen professional, like, or people trying to run different, uh, like, scrims and competitions for Destiny, there is, like, a, a, a restricted list of you cannot have this exotic, you cannot have that exotic, you cannot run this, you cannot run that. It's like, that's not this game. I understand that they, you know, they want these competitive. That's good fun. They can, they can have those, and maybe Destiny could do something like that, where you said before respawn, you said about just a pure gun skill game, take out everything else, and just have a restricted kind of. This is what you can only use. They can do things like that. There are ways that they've done it in Halo, but 
I think people have got to realize this game is this game for this game. It's nothing else. You can have other game modes in it, but it is just kind of this fantasy gameplay at the end of the day. And they're going to try to do their best of making it uh, fair across the board. And I think I'm going to stop there because otherwise I could keep going forever. I mean, you made good points. So that's why I didn't stop you. You were making good points. But yeah, yeah, let's move on. <laughs> so if you are interested in PvP, the votes are in for this week's map for Trials of Osiris. So if you are playing it, then maybe you're having fun on Eternity because that is this week's map. Maybe. Unless you're some of the people that are getting burnout. Exactly, yeah. You may be one of the percent that's getting that. The results for the vote this week have been Eternity at 39%, Widow's Court at 31%, and Rusted Lands at 30%. I'm not a fan of Eternity. That's really close. Wow. I voted for Rusted Lands only because I like Rusted Lands, but yeah. Um, but what wasn't close was our challenge to the community to tally up 77,000 votes in the first 48 hours. You all completely decimated that goal and have unlocked a special new emblem for everyone throughout the Bungie Rewards. So players can pick this emblem up starting next week after the reset on August 2nd. And I think if it's Bungie Rewards, that means you have to go to the Bungie website or through the Bungie app, mm -hmm. click on your rewards, and then click Claim Reward, and then it will just be there somewhere in your collections. Also up next is Prime Gaming. And with that, we have the Flip Out Exotic Emote, the Takonomi Wing Exotic Ship, the Constricting Exotic Goshill, and the Spaded Knife Legendary Sparrow. They are going to be available if you have linked your Prime Gaming, your Amazon Prime Gaming, with your Bungie rewards. You can then click on those and make sure that you're picking up them from Amanda Parody. Because Parody hasn't, and he's now blocked picking them up from Amanda. So make sure that you've picked up what is sitting at Amanda. Normally weapons and ships and things that she has there. So pick those up and uh, yeah, enjoy those those nice rewards. And I think that flipping flipping the table, um, the flip out thing, exotic emo hasn't been around for a while. So that's maybe one to check out. And that'll be around for the whole of next month. So. And collect it's still a popular one too. I still see people using that pretty often. Hmm. Whenever something doesn't go their way, they flip the table. So our stand-in parody, it is now over to you for your player support report. Uh-oh. A bonfire day keeps the darkness away. Now we introduce our player support team. They are live game experts, getting you the info that you need on any issue or upcoming maintenance and fixes. So, Seashore Pack Update. Last week we identified an issue causing players who purchased the Seashore Pack from Eververse to not receive the included items when opening the bundle. This issue has been since resolved for future purchases of the Seashore Pack and affected individuals who previously purchased the set should now have the individual items unlocked to acquire from Raul in the tower nice an event card expiration players should ensure that they completed and claim all event challenges and event rewards from their soldiers event card prior to the expiration of the weekly reset on august 9th after the weekly reset 
players won't be able to acquire unclaimed rewards from their event card. So take care of that before it's too late. You got plenty of time. Moving on to known issues. While we continue investigating various known issues, here is a list of the latest issues that we reported to us from our help forum. The Hyperborean Pinon Sparrow does not appear in collections. The Photodraulic Actuator's exotic ornament for Synthesefs appear owned for all players when inspecting armor cosmetics or the armor piece. Tracked seasonal challenges may not disappear from the nav mode view once completed. Okay, now that that part is annoying. Uh, <laughs> but Nightmare Containment does not award progress for the Solstice Jubilee event challenge. The Arc, Solar, and Void Solstice glows appear less bright than prior hotfix 4.5 or 4.1.5.1. Some players are only receiving Silver Ash on secondary characters when completing a Bonfire Bash. For a full list of emergent issues in Destiny 2, players can review our Known Issues article. Players who observe, who observe other issues should report them to the Help Forum. And we will. I feel that the Arc, Solo, and Void Solstice Glows appearing less bright than prior to that hotfix that went out this week seems to happen every year when they do a hotfix I, I mean respawn i know you've got a goldfish memory but i swear this happened last year after a hotfix that the no they, it does they, i remember i remember they, because that's why i keep yeah, saying they, i don't even care about social cyber because there's always something wrong with it the glows were really really low and people were complaining about it and then bungie came out after about two weeks and went, oh yeah yeah you're right they are less bright so this is this is a known issue that happens every year that they do something and it breaks something. And then we move on to movies and artists of the week. And if you are interested in having a look at them, they will be in the trial, which is linked in our show notes. <sighs> and as Cosmo ends this week's trial, he says, all right, we've covered a lot today. And we here at the Two Titans and a Hunter and a Hawk Slayer have also covered a lot. So they're going to keep the outro short. We've got another date to mark on your calendar with the Redacted Raid going live on August 26th. If you haven't already, make sure you have also have August 23rd on there as well for Destiny 2 Showcase. And that'll probably go live. I'm guessing they'll probably tell us next week or the week after. I'm guessing it's going to be around like... Uh, it's normally around 5 o'clock in the UK, so it's around midday Eastern time. So it's about an hour before the new season goes live, typically. So yeah, that's it. That's that's the end of the Mega Twab this week for only a little bit of information, but it was a big bit of information on one thing. It was a lot of repetitive information, I think, but yeah, there was a lot of it. Yeah, I think they just wanted to kind of clarify and break it all down because normally when people say, oh, you're not telling us everything, a bit like with the airborne accuracy stuff. They told us a bit about the airborne accuracy. We then went away and went, well, now we've got to build into this. It came out. We were wrong. Bungie were wrong. <laughs> and it all got changed. So I think they've tried to give us enough information that we're kind of all kind of comfortable with. Yeah, lots of PvP stuff coming up. When does the new season start again? How much longer do I have to play, Peggy? 23rd. 
Jeez, that's oh my god! Come on, man, that's another month. Well, you know what? That extra month gives you at least three weeks to follow the above ultimate raid prep guide from our tips, tricks, guides, and builds this week. Because above, nice segue. He goes into detail about what you should be doing to prepare not only for this new season coming up on the 23rd of August, but if you want to get into the raid that happens on the 26th. I mean, if you want to, he's got a guide for you. And it breaks down basically what we say every season. Towards the end of the season, we say, like, if you've got to the point where you're just playing the game for fun, pick up your bounties and hoard them. If you're looking to do other stuff, you know, grab your planetary materials and start to hoard those because you'll always need materials in the next season for whatever the new hotness is. You'll always need stored XP. You'll always need stored glimmer. So there are ways of kind of preparing yourself to go into the next season. And with a new artifact coming next season, the best way to do that and unlock those to get the new mods that will hopefully help you in the new raid is XP like boosting yourself once you've kind of got to that point of unlocking your artifact and then you've got your season track that you can kind of unlock various different things but the main thing is i think for getting into that raid is looking at the new mods that are coming out and if you can unlock about three or four mods that will help you in that new raid you know you're you're looking pretty to get started so follow above guide for that fallout plays this week put out a guide on how to get triple 100 oh, oh you know, hold on hold on I wanted to say something about what you were just talking about. I thought you were going to say it, but you didn't. Sorry, go um, when it comes to these, you're trying to maximize the XP that you're getting, hence the whole point of bounty farming and this and that and the other. People either don't know or they forget, but if you are in a fire team of at least two other people and you start uh, trading in these bounties, you will get additional experience because you're in a fire team when you turn in these bounties. So if you can avoid it, don't turn on these bounties when you're solo. Join a fire team, even if it's a random one, pop off all your bounties and then bounce out. You know? You will get significantly more experience. I think it's like an extra what, ten or fifteen percent experience if you're in a fire team? Something like that. So you'd be missing out on a lot of experience if you're not in a fire team when you pop these bounties. Yeah, there are yeah, there are ways to kind of boost that XP with the, like your ghost mods and joining fire teams and, and things like that. So, yeah, hopefully good luck and Godspeed with that. Fallout Plays has his triple 100 armor stack guide. So this is going over using the Solstice armor and ghost mods and things like that to actually get triple 100 stats more effectively and easier using the Solstice armor that's available for the next week at least. So go check out his guide on that because that will, again, that will help you going into the new raid. Time Sausage Gaming has the Haunted Weapon Shader that I alluded to earlier, but I'm not going to tell you what it is. Go and check out his video. <laughs> Jarv has his Ultimate Arc Weapon Guide for Season 18. So this is going into next season when Arc 3.0 will be kind of rearing, rearing its head around the corner, which, again, we still don't know anything about. I like surprises. Titans. More flying titans. No! It could be flying hunters as well, but it, he goes into a, a weapon preview of like legendary weapons and exotics. And my favorite one, the risk runner will play an important part next season in my build. I, I, I believe so go and check out Giles video on that. 
and then we've got a couple of uh, weapon videos for you to check out. Now, True Vanguard has got the Posterity Hand Cannon God Roll that he recommends that you go and get from doing the Deepstone Crypt raid. That I'm going to leave it at that because go and watch his video. I don't want to spoil it. Cool Guy has the Something New Hand Cannon Roll Guide because there are certain perks that you don't want on that hand cannon that I wasn't aware of. And there are some perks that you do want on there. So go and check out that if you want to, if you like 120 RPM hand cannons, it's worth checking out. And a Compass Rose shotgun roll guide as well. And again, there are some really cool rolls that you can get on that shotgun. And you've got at least the next week to try and see if you can farm that to get the roll that Cool Guy is recommending. Cool Guy also has a video going over a Warlock build using the Reign of Fire exotic uh, Warlock legs. Air Dodge reloads all of your weapons and improves the airborne effectiveness of fusion rifles and linear fusion rifles. And final blows with these weapons will make you radiant. And it's this point that it kind of triggers getting extra damage on uh, your next kind of kill and things like that. So he points out that you don't necessarily need to use this on a solar subclass. You can use this on a void subclass and use Devour as well and still proc getting radiant and get the benefits of killing and keep rocking the devourer and it looks a fantastic build that you can use on any of the warlock subclasses so go and check out his video and for those of you that don't understand how powerful that is you can when he says linear fusion rifles the vex mythoclass counts for this build yeah cool guy goes over that yes, in his video yeah cheese forever has a couple of cool videos i'm going to shout out this week he has the nude titan shader so this is a shader that you can, you can put on a certain <laughs> pair of legs to make you look like you've got a bum on your Titan. Oh, uh, no, you have a bum and you have a bum hole. It's, yeah. Mm -hmm. But it is just a mm -hmm. shader, apparently. He also has a video on his Crab Rave, which he's going for movie of the week. So go and have a watch of that and like that for oh, that movie was him of the that week. did that? Huh? That was him that did that? Yeah. Oh, I remember watching that. I didn't know that was cheese. Is he just featuring it or he actually did it? He did it. But oh. yeah, he's <laughs> hashtag movie of the week. So go and check that out and see if he can get movie of the week for that. And then the nice. AFK Silver Leaf Farm. I'll put that in the show notes. Spider Sides has continued with his uh, transmog guides of how to get Master Chief as a Titan. If you're interested in that, he's got a build guide for you for that. And then Plunder the Booties channel as we always recommend for different builds with the Solar 3.0 and looking at what is available on Arc 3.0 coming up. Cheese Forever's channel as well, check that out. And then we have blueberries.gg Nightfall Rotation Guide if you're looking at what's available in the Nightfalls. And then following on from that, we have the Grandmaster Nightfall Guide. So if you're doing your Grandmasters, they will be available just below our tips, tricks, guys, and builds. And this week I have added Fallout Plays Easy, One Phase Corrupted Boss, and Above's Corrupted GM a Guide. And then we have Season of the Haunted Guides and Throne World Guides, and then any other links that we think that would help you in the Destiny universe. So this is kind of the 100.io with the Guardian Hub and Guardian Down is in there. So if you want to click that and join that, you can sign up to the 100.io and get involved in organizing some raids, whatever you need. The Destiny podcast list, if you want to listen to other Destiny podcasts, there's a full list in our show notes if you click the link. Uh, we've got Cosmodrome.page, Blueberries.gg, Destiny Emblem Collector. If you're interested in collecting emblems, there is a page for that, apparently. Uh, Destiny Recipes, 
D2 Gunsmith if you're looking for different things for your weapons and different roles and how you can kind of craft them. Armor Picker to help you get that triple 100. Yep. And then we've got links to the apps, Little Light and Destiny Light Manager. Plethora of links in our show notes. And then also a link to our Discord, our emails, Twitters, Facebooks, and um, our YouTube channel and all that stuff. All the good stuff. And you know who you are. But the fact that we've promoted Dim so many times and you only just discovered it, shame on you. You know who you are. Or do they? No, he does. He brought. He goes, man, did you hear about this thing called this, the item manager? Are you kidding? <laughs> are you actually kidding? <laughs> yeah, dude. We talk about it all the time. Everybody knows about it. He goes, oh, I just found it. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh, so, yeah, there's all my tips, tricks, guys, and builds this week. Nice. So, where where can the people find you, Hawk, if they are interested in frisbee golf? Well, I have, I, I still have my TikTok going, and once we get up and going more, I will be sending you guys more information to broadcast that. But as of right now, you can find me on Discord. Being my gamer tag, Hawkslayer, with the three at the end instead of an E. And same thing for Xbox, where if you see me online, feel free to hit me up. But you didn't give me a TikTok. Don't you want followers? Give me a TikTok, bro. As for my TikTok, it is Chain to Ace, and it's Chain D-A-A-C-E. That was really the only idea I had that wasn't already taken. <laughs> So what would we, would we be hitting you up for? Are you the kind of guy that would guide us through a raid? Is this what we're looking at you for? Yeah, no. Did you hear him? He was sherping a, a dungeon the other day, bro, with parody. Oh, he's the dungeon sherper. Yeah. I was too. <laughs> there you go. If you need a dungeon help t- to be cleared, Hawkslayer is on Xbox and he will help you. Yep. I heard he's an expert in every raid too, so yep. just hit him up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He said he does trials carries, but you have to pay him for it. Yeah, but the trials carries are going to be more like gambling at, at the casino. Either maybe we'll get it, maybe we won't. <laughs> but just remember the house. Tell them not till after the fact. That you put that in the fine print, dude. What are you doing? Well, I still have to make the disclaimer known. Hmm. Yeah, in the fine print. Oh, anyway, all right, guys. Thanks for joining us. This has been Two Hunters and a Titan. It definitely has. So yeah, you, your Titan that is actually here is me, Night Demon. Your holidaying Titan is Perotti, who's not here. Not off is our not showing up Law Scribe, who's also on holiday, who again decided to give himself a holiday. Your hunters are no one respawns in real life and Hawkslayer. You can email me mainly because respawn doesn't have access to it at two titans and a hunter at hotmail.com. You can tweet us, which Respawn can read. So if you want to get his attention, is at two titans underscore hunter. We are also on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok as two titans and a hunter. So. We're on TikTok? You made that jump without our consent? We TikTok. We TikTok when, when our oh show is going out. Oh my yeah. God. Everybody, everybody. I did not it. consent Everybody's to this. Everybody's on TikTok these days. We're, we're a bit late to the party, but we're, t- we're talking with the ticks. No, no, we're, we are not. He is. 
Oh, dear. If you see any, if you see anything with me, or you hear anything with me on TikTok, just know I did not consent. He does this uh, with my protest. Yep. Okay. Thanks for joining us. Uh, if you want to watch the show live, uh, you can come watch me uh, watch the show live and uncut at No One Responds in Real Life. That's spelled out at Twitch, and then you can also watch us. Uh, Night Demon also streams over there. He is under the Two Titans and a Hunter uh, Twitch name. And uh, yeah, give us some follows, give us some some love, and hopefully, with Hawkslayer now involved in the fight, we will have merch sooner than later. Keep your fingers crossed. Until next time. Hey, wait, don't forget about the YouTube now. I thought you said he, the YouTube. You he doesn't it? care about the YouTubes. The, I like the YouTube. YouTube channel. Where you can see exclusive footage of me playing the game. Only the way that I can play it. With this podcast talking to you in the background. Or is it the other way around? You decide. So yeah, take care. Goodbye. Deuces. All of that. Lot of a daddy. See you later. Um, Toodaloo. Goodbye. I don't know how to say it for the languages. Titans and a Hunter, a Destiny 2 podcast. Oh, you know what? To my what? Okay. People are going to be I up. There's I'm no sorry. dolphins. There's no ducks. <laughs> there's, there's no, no cats fighting. So, when me and my wife first got married, she didn't speak any English. And back then I this was is how you convince her to marry you okay now now we're getting the full no, no, picture no, no, no. this is before like y'all really does got she to even know she's like... in a marriage uh probably does not. she think it's part of slavery <laughs> or something you're a slave trader and you just got yeah. a locked in the house and um yeah no it's just some people go for the russian brides <laughs> brazilians way Brazilian, yeah. anyway uh <laughs> and they come to you that they're in orlando already like whoa let's go um but no so like um when i was teaching her english in the beginning oh, like God. I, w- I would say summon a biscuit a lot, right? Like summon, like I summon the biscuit, right? And I would say that whenever I get frustrated on something. And one of the fr- one of the things that's one of the happy moments in my brain that just kind of take residence there is my wife was doing something and like she dropped something on her toe and she goes, oh, summon a biscuit. And she goes, oh, and put both hands over her mouth. <laughs> like she had a bad word. I just, I go stop laughing. It's just not funny and hurt. I'm like, that's not why I'm laughing. I'm dying. That is definitely something I'd like to see you teaching a foreign person to speak English. <laughs> hey, you've heard her on the mic. She's, she's all right. Yeah, oh, some of the biscuit. That was the funniest thing ever. She thought that was a bad word. Ah! All right, I'm done. Go ahead.